0: far are you going
1: about 30 years in this week's episode 10 years baby yeah 10 years of this podcast Saturday night, uh, he would yeah. have something better to do than be on a podcast with us.
2: Yeah, I'd figure he's at some concert or something, probably. I don't know.
1: Yeah, or I watching
2: WWE, whatever he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so important question for podcast etiquette. Are you wearing pants? Cause I'm wearing yeah. pants in case the mic were to fall halfway and people could hear the mic hitting our junk without pants on. We do not want a Vic Miniana event on this podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember hearing about this Vic thing. He uh, was like on a uh, some sort of video podcast with a bunch of women, and he like dropped the camera or something, and he wasn't wearing pants.
1: It, it, it was the fact of um, it. I, we post. I don't. I mean, we post crap up in the chat. I don't know why, if you haven't seen it, but like he was oh, in the I've middle of a. It, yeah. Okay, he was in the middle of a video call, and it's supposed to be like these. Depending on who's saying the where the information is coming from on Twitter, the, you know their Twitter's like, oh, you know, it's these right-wing conservative anime fans he was talking to, and then the camera so happened to just, you know, fall down and like, you can clearly see that he's wearing like banana hammock underwear or whatever the heck, and the one that was having the the biggest verbal cow about it is Amanda Win Lee and people immediately immediately called out her BS on her trying to act holier than thou and you know more morally superior to Vic when this is a woman at a con at Anime Central 99 took her top off and pretended to give a freaking cosplayer uh, pen pen cosplayer uh, a a blowjob in front of everybody in the crowd just like you know I don't know like she was, anyways. It was, it was pretty lewd for that for the standards back then, and it was at a con, so it was like you know no one cares. And one thing, it's like you know I don't care that she did it; it's in the past. But it was another thing where it's like you're trying to act better than a guy who's basically borderline senile and is 20 years away from being strolled in a, in a, in a you know wheelchair with his junk hanging out and not knowing what's going on. Is Nick so, that old now? He did it, the dude's sixty. He's about sixty. Okay. He's either about sixty or is sixty. He's a few years away from retiring, or at least pulling out retirement to get more money to pay off court fees. I think I, he's
2: kind of been forced into retirement by the other anime companies.
1: He's still doing. He's staying busy. That's. I mean, that's all a guy can do. Out of that,
2: didn't he make like a new a new studio for voice actors? It's tied to
1: the con out in Houston um excuse me i can't remember the name but um, yeah
2: there's some con that's pro vic that he's this just doing some anime well they're stuff definitely they're
1: definitely not denying him you know appearance at this convention but there's a lot of places that are like you know cool with Vic coming like there's cons in florida and they're like yeah sure you know we we don't you're you're a great guest come come hang out with us and i don't know it's just, yeah
2: it's it's kind of just symbolic of the way that. The country's fragmenting in general, right? I mean, yeah. half the cons would never have him, and half of them uh, think that all the women were lying. And you know, it's like people are just divided over Vic, you know, including con organizers. There,
1: there's a whole lot of division. It's not just anime fandom; it's 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 everything. There's there there is so much that has happened since we last recorded back in November. And uh, yeah, well, this is this is our. Um, our momentous as of this recording our mem- this will be a momentous 10 year anniversary podcast mm-hmm. where really nothing special I mean I it's like I could live stream it but it's like no one's gonna care
2: yeah it's kind of like why I bought there. we're not gonna get any comments or whatever but yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I just thought we should just kind of talk about what's going on in the world I mean this whole speaker uh, of the house thing Christmas. I'm sure that'd be fun to talk about
1: I can tell you like how terrible my Christmas was I mean, oh, I can yeah. definitely go into detail about that. Jeez. Um,
2: and we could talk about that Kiss movie that I promised to talk about like two months ooh, ago. Oh, yeah. Forward. that's
1: Okay, we have something to review. That is a good thing. Um, but anyways, no, going back to my um, statement, I'm, I'm probably just going to put this episode out as is. Just like, you know, oh, shoot, I was going to go. I usually like to go through and make notes. But there's no way I'm going to stop what I'm doing and making notes. So I'll just have to listen through it. But anyways, it's. Anyways, yeah Amanda Winley she got shut down and trying to act Superior on Twitter, and it got back to bite her, but like I don't know people were like, no, that's totally different than what you know that doesn't that's not the same thing as is Vic being lewd and he's a predator, and I'm like, okay, there's it, I kind of compare it to like you've got you know say a dude's coming out of his car without his pants on, and he's just like, oh you know my, wearing my pants." And then you got the prostitute that's coming out of the dumpster giving a, a guy in a, a penguin costume a blowjob, saying he's an immoral predator and he needs to be arrested for being lewd. And that That's just kind of like my analogy. and uh, Maybe that's not the best one, but that's just kind of sort of like, how do, how do I compare this to... I don't know. She's...
2: I feel like women who are prostitutes are kind of treated like uh, victims, even if what they're doing is illegal. Like We have this former <laughs> prostitute that spoke at my university... She was randomly in some class, I don't even recall which class, and it was not relevant. But they just kind of brought her in, and she started going on about how you know she was abused, and then she had nowhere else to go but prostitution. And but then she was kind of rallying to get prostitution shut down now, and have it have it all all the pimps be prosecuted and stuff. But okay, okay, you know, I guess so it's the one... idea is like the women, the prostitutes, would, would not be prosecuted even though they you know, we're also trading sex for money uh, just as much as the pimps are, you know, they're just kind of managing it. And it just seems like a woman is always going to be regarded as being the victim in any sort of sexual situation. Cause they're viewed as being sort of like weaker and the victim in any situation, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, with her being against prostitution, I mean, I, I, I applaud that. I have no issue with that, but you know, trying to get rid of prostitution is, is good luck to you because it's been around since, I don't know, man and women have wanted to have sex. It's basically started when a guy came home, wanting to have sex with his wife and she said, no. And he's like, well, I still got to get sex. Where's that going to come from? And then he realized there's girls offering themselves with no marriage attached. And then went, wait a sec, we can make an industry out of this. Boom. Prostitution. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I guess supply and demand. There's it's a in demand the Bible. Than... Obviously, it's been going on for a very, very long time.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: women, and probably a lot yeah. of these
2: incels go out and shoot people or whatever. If they had gone to a prostitute instead, they could have gotten out their sexual urges that way instead of like shooting women who won't go on dates with them or whatever I, they end up doing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: I don't know, but it's it's kind of like a. I guess it's a necessary evil or something like that. That it's been around for so long and it well, it's, always.
1: It's. I don't happens. think it's a necessary evil. Is it, it's? It's definitely an evil, but I don't know. But I mean, it, it's it's human nature, but it's like against the design of marriage and how sex should be handled between man and woman. But
0: yeah, know, it's not. I mean, ideal ba- I mean technically mildly. speaking, like
1: people that are shacking up is that a form of like? I mean, that's not really a prostitution because they're with one guy. But then once that breaks up, they're going to go to another guy. So then it's like, are you a hoe then? I mean, yeah, kind of. Both parties are, really. But I don't know. It's, that's a whole other discussion. So. Um. Anyways, no, I just, I just can't stand, like, We have record of you, and you never apologized for what you did in this video, and you regret the video coming out. But then you have the people that are defending her saying, "Oh no, it's not as bad as what Vic did." And I'm like, "Vic is an old, becoming an old senile dude. Let's just, you know, it's like, okay, boomer, you know, just anyway." That's my thoughts on that. So I think
2: probably people think that Vic was doing it on purpose, but. I mean, it, it
1: I just seemed know. like it was an accidental thing. Yeah, I don't know. But no penguins were harmed or sexually assaulted on camera. So it's not the same thing. <laughs> I mean, well, it's not even as bad as what Amanda Wendley did. Anyways, but the thing is, is it's at like a con. It's fun. It's supposed to be funny. And at the time, it was. And now you look back, and now there's evidence of it. And I was like, no, I'm glad that still probably doesn't happen with main voice actors, actresses, and they weren't really nothing to begin with. I mean, her main role in an anime fandom was being the voice of Ray Ayanami. So, I mean, that's all she had at the time. And granted, that's been over 20 years ago. And there's been a lot of roles since then from the voice actors and actresses. So there were, well,
2: more... I honestly couldn't name anything she's done before or since Ray Ayanami.
1: Um, you know, I should know this, and I don't. So, nothing's coming to mind right now. I, I, I should, if you gave me the list, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know that character. Ah, okay. But, she's more known for being Rei me,
2: Yeah, that's her.
1: <laughs> anyway, so that was just getting that off my chest on, we're getting, we're saying a lot of stuff. This is what our podcast is here for. to say a lot of stuff that only we care about. Um, Okay, so top Hit Up Topics is obviously recently with the, the whole Speaker of the House thing. But, dude, I want to talk about that Kanye, Kanye West on Alex Jones show.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, oh, that is a lot that, to unpack. That's definitely something. uh And I watched the Piers Morgan interview, too, recently uh with, with Kanye. Because I was kind of like, what happened to Kanye after the Alex Jones thing? Because he kind of just – he, like, dropped off. And I feel really? like rumors that he's maybe back in a mental institution or something because – Wait, wait. I haven't seen any interviews with him since, so I decided to look for the Okay, so he was then.
1: on Pierce Mor- Morgan before he went on Alex Jones, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, he was. But then Piers like, recently he re-uploaded that video or something. I don't know if it was
1: extra footage. He seemed to have just
2: added the same advertisement for his uh-huh. program over and over throughout the video, and that yeah. may have made it longer or something. But huh. uh, anyway, I watched it, and just Kanye, he seems so... I mean, he he seems like he deteriorated even more between then and the Alex Jones thing, but he was just in his own world where, like, I mean, he would be asked by peers, like, are you and Kim divorced or still together? I saw a news article that you're divorced. And he'd he'd just say, like, we're still together. And then later on, he'd be like, well, the Zionists made her have sex with Pete Davidson by the fireplace. And it's just like... Well, are you together, yeah. or is she cheating on you, and you're divorced? And he just seemed like he was just—he couldn't cope with <laughs> the breakup and sort of went off into this weird, like Hitler world. Oh and my gosh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He, he just seems to be going nuts, uh, like even more than Alex Jones. Like he had to have this net, and then the, even uh, Alex didn't know how to handle him. That, that's
1: saying something.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's just like totally lost it and he's like wearing this mask and doing weird voices and it's just its just the weirdest thing. And, and Nick, Nick
1: Fuentes didn't contribute a darn thing to any of that other than just being, well, I'm a suck-up and I agree and I talk in the back of my nose when I talk. I'm Nick Fuentes. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like crap. Ghost's version of Nick Fuentes. <laughs> I know, I try. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, he was not really very active. and Neither was Milo. I mean, they pretty much... Kanye just goes didn't even and goes know, and goes. I didn't even know Milo was there.
1: I, I know they call Laura Loomer, and that was like... I didn't know Milo was was at that studio. Like, I remember him saying absolutely nothing.
2: He, he just sat there the entire time. But he then he got
1: fired. He did the
2: same thing on Tim Pool, too. I watched the Tim Pool one. That one was pretty brief. They were there for like 20 minutes, and Kanye just kept going and going and going about how he hates the Jews. And then, like, Tim Pool said something like, uh, you know, how can you say they, like, all the Jews are one person? You know, aren't there good Jews and bad Jews? And then Kanye just got up and left, like, immediately after that. Well,
1: apparently he got up and left and stole, like, half the Oreos in the snack room or something on his way out. Yeah, I, was like... yeah, I saw that. That was great. That <laughs> I, I guess someone was there. And, like, took a picture what are you, the... 12th?
2: Of the of the like empty cookie jar
1: or whatever, the <laughs> bag of Oreos are gone. Like, he, he left out of spite and take half your Oreos with you. I'm like, Br- brother, are, are you like 12 now or something? And like, that's the crap oh, I did when I was 12. He, he made some comment to the
2: effect of like he's emotionally retarded at a certain phase of like as a teenager or something because when he started rapping people started doing everything for him and so he just kind of stayed a child and has been managed ever since. And I just get the sense now that he's like just being managed by Nick Fuentes who calls himself Hitler 2, 3, and 4 and that this (laughs) has resulted in you know, him picking up on this sort of Hitler obsession.
1: Yeah, does does that make you think, oh, maybe Hitler was a good guy after all, because he's getting it from Nick Fuentes. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's, like, I don't know. know. The the, the whole thing is just Alex
2: Jones kept trying to, like, to talk him down from the Hitler thing, and he kept going further and further with it, we would be like, there's a lot of things I love about Hitler. (laughs) And
1: all, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna
0: that
1: so the, a bit of a hot take because there is some stuff that I I was like I can I can I can see Kanye's perspective doesn't mean I'm fully on board but I can kind of see where he's trying to go but um I mean the whole thing with him being the whole like Christian thing of how he loves everybody it's like that that's like the hippie Jesus talk people they're like oh Jesus I'm like okay. Granted, to a point on unconditional God's love, there is a limit, you know, before you're saved. There's there's the love of, you know, He loves us enough for like He's giving people a chance to come to Him and He, you know, pursuing people for Christ or whatever and going after someone's heart. But in terms of like loving someone because of their actions and what they did, that is another thing and i'll give it that at least i i had one guy tell me this about you know like the you know the the advancements of science that came out of world war 2 from nazis because of all the human experiments they did on jews where they apparently advanced med you know medicine and science by 40 or 50 years just by doing all the uh really barbaric crap they did to, you know, embalming Jew bodies that you would... They used to have a a display of that at the Holocaust Museum in D.C., but they have since taken that down. And probably just understanding a whole lot of how the human body works through all these experimentations. And granted, you know, the cost of that is six plus million Jews and more people. But it's kind of like, well, you know, science came from that. We also have the NASA program and space travel and rockets... Because of how they threw rockets at London to blow up England, so there's the takeaway from every kind of negative action. And in, in that sense, it doesn't yeah, mean that I, I mean, agree with it. One of the it, things but... he
2: said was that Hitler created the highway, and I think he was thinking of the autobahn, with the, which is the the yeah. street in Germany where you can go at any speed. Yeah, and it, there, you know, there's some truth to the old cliche that Hitler made the trains run on time or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
2: know, you could go and say like, well. Look at Hitler's artwork from before he became a dictator. Doesn't he have some talent in painting or something? You know, maybe there are a few good things you can say about the guy, but, I mean, Kanye just kept saying, like, how much he <coughs> loves him and how, how awesome he thought the uniforms are and just going on and on gushing about him. I, it, I mean... It just went way too far with let it. Me, it. Let
1: me... I'll say this. Those are some incredibly catchy... Eye-catchy uniforms and look very more professional... Than say like American grunt uniforms. I'm just saying those are not those are nice looking uniforms. They just don't belong on that army. But that's beside the point. Um, I mean the German Art military has always been like had like fancy looking uniforms and clothing. I mean even back to like the SARS and the MP- the German Empire or whatever. So it's they, they're very fashionable yeah, people. They, they're not good at winning war they're not very good at winning world wars, but they are fashionable by going into them and starting them. So <laughs> I'll give it. That. Yeah.
2: Alex was trying to talk him into saying like, okay, maybe you just like the clothing, yeah, but because you're like a fashion designer and then he kept going on and he'd be like, well, no. Hitler also invented the telephone, or you know, he just like throw in these random things on like the microphone or whatever it was that he said, which I don't think was even true. Yeah. But maybe there's some scientist in Nazi Germany during that time who patented a new type of microphone. I mean, who knows? I mean, the thing is, horrible things do sometimes produce good things. You know, like you could say in World War II, the atom bomb was developed, but also you develop atomic energy, which allows power plants to. Mm-hmm. Run and give energy to cities unless people freeze in the winter now because they've got heat from the from the power yeah. grid or whatever it you is know? A, like it's you a
1: sustainable energy until history. it until it has a meltdown then causes people to basically abandon an area for more than fifty years, yeah, I mean <laughs> so,
2: everything's got positives and negatives, yes, and, you know all history is like people develop yes. new ways to murder each other and then some yeah. in some ways they can draw from that to make more positive developments too, you know. it's That's just kind of like part of war and everything is yeah. they invent new technologies <laughs> like the airplane, you know, it was partially developed so that they could, you know, bomb people in World War One. you know, and then they start using it for commercial flight, you know. That's kind of just
0: mm-hmm.
2: the way things go.
1: Well, I mean, so going to this talk about the, the Jews and how evil they are and whatever, It's it's... It's definitely not like obviously depending on how you look at it or what you think. I mean there's some you know I personally I believe there are some very very powerful people that really control this world. And the ones that have a lot of money just so happen to be Jewish or claim that they're Jewish or brought up as Jewish. And you so see you get for example like George Soros or whatever and I consider George Soros the probably one of the most evil people on the planet. Um, but it's a matter of, it just seems like because somebody is a certain race and I'm not, I'm definitely not hating on Jews because they're God's chosen people or whatever, but it's like, there's sort of this cultural entitlement because of who they are. If they do bad, they seem to get by and not really focused on their evil. They're like, oh, they did bad stuff, but it like. You get someone who's non-Jewish so that does the exact same thing and they get more chastised than the Jewish person. And to me, that is absolutely not correct. It doesn't matter what your upbringing is. If you're, you know, immoral or act immorally, you should be punished for it depending on no matter what your background is. Instead of everyone trying to be a victim and being in these identity politics, and this is kind of what's hurt that, but it seems that, you know, she knows certain people in the meaty industry that are controlling everything. And there's a bit of an insight to that. And, um, and honestly, like, you know, Kanye knows some stuff, but he's also, you know, obviously crazy at the same time. So there's, there's, there's nuggets of truth in his crazy rhetoric that you have to kind of like stand back and take both sides of it and kind of filter it in and, and do some, you know, maybe he's on to something because it's sort of if you look at it from a, a broad perspective, it it really does make sense. Um, yeah, I do
2: sympathize with Alex Jones in this situation, though, because I mean, Alex Jones is historically he's called out Soros all the time. And yeah, what he would say was, "Well, Soros was involved with the Holocaust because his family oh, pretended yeah. he wasn't Jewish and they participated in the confiscation of uh, property from." Jews who had been sent to concentration camps. And he admitted and, to this, too. This is, And, and then he plays the video of him on 60 Minutes where he says it was the happiest time of my life. Yeah. Which is a really damning statement. And it's kind of like, why was that I, I, making I, I, you happy? Is it,
1: um, yeah, and I'm like, what? what is the context of that, of, of seeing your own people being killed that way, and you were able to get out of it scot-free by lying? Which is a survival tactic, and it's like, you can't blame George Soros for doing that. But, um... Yeah, it's just. But the question is, like, why? Why would he have not been like horrified
2: and like afraid? Mm-hmm. Why would that make it? Why would you be happy during that time? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, which so maybe he cuts that out of context because sometimes Alex Jones does I, that kind I, of thing. I feel, yeah. I feel like maybe George was them... a hot girlfriend at the time. Who knows? But you know, yeah. That, like, and
1: that's, I'm thinking like, okay, like some of it's like, how much of that is out of context per se? So,
2: but but yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, it's just like. Historically, Alex Jones, you know, sometimes they'll call out some some wealthy Jewish elite or something like the the Rothschilds would be the historic mm-hmm. example that people would call out as being like an influential Jewish family that controlled some banks and they were involved in lending to both sides in wars in the 1800s and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you'd get called anti-Semitic if you point this out. And, you know, sometimes there are absurd things said about the Rothschilds, like Marjorie Taylor Greene infamously said that they have a space laser they use to cause wildfires. And, you know, they probably don't have a space laser that they use to cause wildfires. (laughs) Even Lauren Bobert has, you know, called out Marjorie over that being kind of nonsense. Oh, my gosh.
1: Those are the two. Uh, Come on. These are two. These are two female congresswomen that um, I really don't hold in high regard in terms of their opinions. And I know I know we're sharing the same side of being conservative Republicans that like to have be posted with photos of our guns and shoot guns or whatever. That might be the only thing we can agree on. I don't know, man. I, I, I those two I'm just like nah, I don't really want to get to ever know you. <laughs> There's yeah. other Republicans I'd rather know. Like I've seen I, I met mean... Tim Scott, he's a cool
2: dude. So For for I have to say, for Bober, I will give her credit that she was heavily involved in this whole revolt against McCarthy, and she stood her ground till the end, and at the end, she voted present just to allow the thing to, to finally come to an end, but uh-huh. uh, she never voted for him, uh, which only five other people uh, voted present there at the end, and Marjorie, on the other hand, she was just backing Kevin McCarthy the whole time. And there are all these rumors about uh, what's going on. Does he have some dirt on her? Because it's known that she was like cheating on her husband with someone at the gym, mm. and that she's just recently gotten divorced. And you know, maybe there's some mm. scandal involving her uh, that that they're all sitting on. You know, this Ali Alexander guy claims he has evidence that she committed felonies that he's going to release. And Go, do it. I don't know. Do it. I want to see it. Man. Seems suspicious, <laughs> but who knows. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you don't know how much of it's is, is talk or whatever. I mean,
2: yeah, there's so much gossip in Washington. I mean, five years ago or seven years ago or whenever, um, the Republicans took back the House and Boehner retired. Uh, this Kevin McCarthy guy was was going to be Speaker before, and then he suddenly withdrew because there was a rumor he was having an affair with another congressman congresswoman, mm. and um, then Paul Ryan took over instead, which. Did not turn out that well, but um, yeah, you know, n- now he came back, and I just couldn't believe that they brought him back out of the woodwork after all this time. Oh, McCarthy, and he
0: was—he
2: uh, was just like such a, you know, uh, he's just not very popular with the base, I guess. And so I thought they would have gone with Jim Jordan. I mean, especially since all the, the people who are resisting the, in the first, well, the, two, one second of the round of voting we're the, going for him.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the two pie dreams and I was joking about this on another chat because they were bringing it up and I was like, wait, what if we get Crenshaw to be speaker of the house? And then basically like somehow overthrow, you know, elect out Biden and, and Harris and he becomes president, which by in theory, he would be filling out the, the uh, political narrative of metal gear. Salt Two because if he fell in the role of George Sears, because George Sears had an eye patch, just like <laughs> Big Boss, and also like Solid a Snake. So then, we, then from there, we would get the Big Shell incident, even though we're more than a decade, like well past that, a decade and a half since the Big Shell incident in 2007. I am such a nerd. Anyways, But um, because I'm just like, oh, dude, it's just like Big Boss. And I'm like, no, wait a sec. No, that's solid as Snake, who's, like, representative in Texas. It all <laughs> is coming together now. He just has to be speaker in order to be president. Unless in less than two years, he decides to run. And then at that time, it's. In that case, if that's the case, it's like, okay, is there any Republican other than maybe DeSantis I would care about? And I would my vote would want to go to Crenshaw just to see what would happen if i just to test my theory out because honestly <laughs> voting is a joke anyways you know what I am in I am one of these people that thinks the whole system is rigged and has been since twenty twenty and the midterms obviously all that that crap show that happened too um Dana, yeah, we gosh. need to talk about the Arizona oh.
2: Governor Med firms. The oh, with well, Kerry well, okay, like.
1: what the heck is up with freaking Doctor Oz losing that big of a draw? And the guy, the bald headed dude that looks like a prison inmate, also looks like a key, uh Aguil de D'Las from Do- Gunham Eighty. I made a con, <laughs> I made a, I made a comparison between DeLaz and him. I'm like, those two look exactly the same. Bald headed <laughs> and a goatee, and very sinister looking. <laughs> so did Pennsylvania elect a Xeon like Colonel? I mean, IRL. I mean, come on now. Am I the only <laughs> one that's seeing this?
0: Yeah. So we got we it's got
1: Solidus snake. I'm wanting to run for president, and we have a Xeon general that's running. That's the governor or, or senator of a uh, freaking Pennsylvania.
2: Yeah, who has I say, cancer I was or something? Really surprised to see that Fetterman won. I, know, uh, I mean, it. he 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 had that debate performance where they asked him about fracking. And he was just like, I I I support fr- fracking, and and I support it. And, and that
1: was like all he could say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was kind of just like, dude. It shows you that these debates, are, these debates are the biggest jokes ever, and it, they've it, gotten worse and worse. Like, the big thing was, um. Well, when Walker was going against War- Warlock or Warnock or whatever, and, um... <laughs> yeah, that's that's my family. That's, we call him... I got some people that kind of agree with that. Anyways, but... So, like, where he basically, like, full, had that his, uh... He's he's basically like an honorary deputy He's not a real cop, and he brings it out on the stage, and they're like, you can't have a prop. He's like, I'm just showing that it's a real badge, and then they find out it's not a real badge because he's an honorary deputy, and I'm just like, this is a, a crap show, and then he didn't he didn't. If he got the same votes as he did, uh, Walker did, in the runoff in Georgia, he would have definitely beat Warlock, or Warnock. Well, I don't care. Anyways, but that didn't happen. They got less votes, and Warnock still won. So it's just like yeah, nothing I changed. Mean, he was behind
2: in both rounds of the voting, but you know yeah. the thing is, less people vote in the in the runoff because yeah. they don't have the other races. Uh, there were people that were voting for much. Kemp. And then they also voted down ballot for um, Walker, although some of them must have also voted for, for Warnock, though, because Kemp got a lot more votes than um, than Walker did. I mean, I think all these accusations from the women about <laughs> him paying for abortions yeah. and having out-of-wedlock kids and all these things, uh, that, that really hurt him, I think, and he just couldn't recover from that. Yeah. And then the debate thing with him pulling out the badge, everybody was making fun of him over that, and... You know, he he just wasn't very eloquent. Too, he, he's a, he's not like a lawyer or whatever. He's not, you know, he's a football player who's gotten hit on the head a lot of times. Yeah. Place, so it's kind of hard for him to. I mean, come on, really he, he'll, he'll fit. He'll fit in
1: right in there with the rest of the senators in that in the circus we call our government. I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, <laughs> w- I have to say, like when you compare him to to Fetterman, though, I mean, it's not like it's not like the Democrats are doing much better in terms of mentally there, candidate. yeah I mean, but they're not going to yeah.
1: he's had a stroke and he can barely communicate yeah but the democrats aren't going to admit that fetterman is like you know oh yeah we probably shouldn't have him in office they're they're gonna you know oh no let's let's redirect and focus on how bad walker is it's like come on now
2: yeah i think at some point maybe he will just have to resign if he just can't handle the work and his wife will take over or something. So what are
1: you giving it about? She's Maybe really out there than a
2: pack dog for him. Like whenever someone says he's not mentally capable of doing the job, she'll like say, "How can you be so ableist?" And you know all this oh kind my of gosh. stuff.
1: Uh, ableist as in doing the job that he was uh, that people elected they so uh, quote unquote elected him for or voted him in. So yeah, anyways. ableist isn't able
2: to speak, able to <laughs> vote, able to read the bills. More like, like
1: an unableist because he's unable to do anything. Um. Okay, so no, we got into that whole thing. So Arizona, tell me, talk, talk to me about your state. Why it's so messed up? Well, the, the whole situation
2: <laughs> was that basically on election day, we had all these new machines in Maricopa County, and I don't live in Maricopa County anymore. But you know, I live near Maricopa County. I grew up in Maricopa County. Right. It's it's a big city of Phoenix. You know, all the suburbs, and now the suburbs have gone so far out that yeah, you know, I'm living out in Pinal County, but. In Maricopa County, they had the audit, and that was because of the 2020 uh, election. It was so close, and they wanted to make sure that they had the right result. So they did an extra audit, and they didn't have confidence that the same people that counted them the first time would count it right the second time. So they they brought in an outside firm called the Cyber Ninjas, and then this caused all kinds of problems wait, because wait. Cyber Ninjas uh, basically they 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 were like some sort of laws that you know if a, if a third party comes in possession of the ballot machines then they have to destroy the machines after they've carried out the audit or something to this effect so they made new machines and then these new machines were all broken so like 2 thirds of the ballots in Maricopa County were not being read and a bunch of people didn't want to just leave their their ballots in these boxes that they were having there cuz they were afraid that the boxes would not be Sorted right, or that people would look in the boxes and destroy the ballots of people they don't like, or whatever. You know, People were afraid that the boxes would be treated improperly. So they just, mm-hmm. a lot of Kerry Lake supporters just left because Kerry Lake started tweeting out videos of, of people at these voting sites and being out told, well, you can't use the voting machine. You can t- tell us who you want to vote for and we'll process it later. And a lot of people <laughs> just thought this is fishy. It'll come back later. And some of them probably never came back or, you know, it, and this this went on for hours at like a ton of voting locations, oh my gosh. and so I can just see why people would not accept that, you know, but it was treated as like an irrational conspiracy theory and everything by the media, but, I mean, it was a weird situation. I mean, it's not how normal elections go that you have all the machines that break down yeah, and then the election turned out so close that there's a lot of doubt about it and they had to go through all these court cases it's just like 2020 hmm. and then you also have to keep in mind the person that was the Arizona Secretary of State which ran the election was uh, Katie Hobbs and then she was the one who was running for governor on the Democrat side so hmm. naturally Carrie Lake is going to say well like you, you ran the election in a way that would favor you in the same way that Stacey Abrams said the same thing to Brian Kemp when Kemp was Secretary of State of Georgia because, you know, they just think well, you know, they're going to use the machinery of the state in their favor which I guess is a reasonable assumption because, you know, politicians act in their own interests I guess, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just a situation where it was just bound to be, I mean, I could tell you going in Carrie Lake was not going to accept that and she didn't and, you know, it's, it was a big thing but, you know, I, I can't really blame her for doing what she did and challenging it when I mean, it was that close. Mm-hmm. And it was so much irregularities.
1: Anyways, in two more years, we got the presidential election to, to worry about. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I'm not confident that these machines are going to work any better in two no,
1: years. I mean, yeah. Just, if they
2: get them at all, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I felt like our voting here in South Carolina was, was pretty balanced. I didn't think anything was, I think one County turned democratic and that was like the first time in like many, many, many years. And then you got Florida that was basically all red for DeSantis. And I had like some, uh, there's some people on other discord sites that were like from Florida. And they're just like, I can't, I don't understand my people. Why would they do <laughs> there's just This utter meltdown. And I'm just like, you know, obviously loving it. Um, I was like, well, yes, probably they, people they can want like DeSantis and they want to keep Florida, like, not turning into the other part. Oh, this, you know, this state's such a shithole. Freaking move. If that's how you feel about Florida. I could have told you that. I consider Florida the New Jersey of the South because all the people from Jersey that are mostly conservatives, like in Yankees, are moving down here in Florida where it's warmer. And they don't have to deal with snowstorms. So you're obviously going to get the conservative vote from these people that are retirees, and they're going to live for the next 20 or so years from now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting situation in Florida because it's not just retirees there now. It's people that moved there from the um, COVID lockdowns in states like California, and they didn't want to be dealing with, like, stuff in their forever. Yeah. And DeSantis allowed freedom there. And that's why he won is because he fought the COVID well, regime. There's
1: also like, what was it? A couple more seats flipped in California, like for representative seats, like, and, and they're they going to be the the more rural, like bigger counties out in like you know, the middle of the state. But normally that state's always blue, and I'm like, they got a few, quite a few Republicans out of that.
2: Yeah, the, California was very much like it was very much trending Democratic in recent years. But um I think, you know, without Trump there, maybe there's a little bit less anti-Republican backlash and there's less turnout from Democrats. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the thing is, I, I don't know how things are going to turn out in 2024. Like, are those guys going to be able to stay in there? Or is everybody going to get all worked up about Trump again because he's running again? Right? But then it depends on does he even make it through the primaries or does DeSantis beat him? Because it does seem like DeSantis' poll numbers have gone up a lot since he did so well in the uh, midterm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean he he won that state by only a few points in in 2018, but in 2022 he won by a 20 point margin, which is yeah incredible for a swing state like Florida. Right. So I don't I don't know. It, it seems like he's in a good position, but also if I were him, I would just stay there and not rock the boat with Trump because. Trump is going to—he's going to make DeSantis into an enemy. He, yeah. he already is attacking him, and he—he he just can't have that if he wants to be president. Because he—he he should just wait until 2028, I think. Because if if he runs in 2024, it'll be a, like a nasty, divisive primary, and then the half the base is going to want to stay home because they'll have gotten angry at one side or the other and then Biden will get reelected. I just feel like that's what's going to happen if it, if it goes up to Trump uh, versus DeSantis.
1: All I can say is we'll see.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Man. I mean, we don't we don't know what'll happen cuz we don't know if Biden will make it that long. He's pretty old. I mean, yeah, who
0: knows I, what'll
1: I, happen? I don't know. Um <laughs> I don't want to talk. I don't want to think about it. Anyways, um
2: and then on the topic of Republicans from California, that's actually where um, Kevin McCarthy is from. Oh, I really? I think he's from, like, the Central Valley area, like okay. Bakersfield or somewhere like
0: that. Okay.
2: Um, which is a little more inland and a little more rural.
0: Okay.
1: Like, there's
2: country musicians in and Bakersfield and stuff. And so, okay. um, You know, Hollywood or whatever. But, uh,
1: oh, I gotcha.
2: I don't know. He seems like he was just really... uh. Not a popular speaker candidate, so I was surprised he made it in after like fifteen ballots. I-, I mean, the the guy was just up there over and over and over with the exact same margin of of the twenty people voting against him <laughs> over and over and over <laughs> for days. And I was they kind went, of wondering, what like,
1: fifteen rounds of this or something?
2: Yeah, fifteen rounds, and it, it was only on like the last couple rounds that finally some of them defected and it's not really clear why they switched all of a sudden. But I mean, the rumor is that he promised committee assignments to these people and that these people were playing hardball to try to get, uh, oh. you know, plush committee chairmanships and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then uh, the the most amazing part of the night was that there, there was like this, this part where he was talking to Matt Gates, who was one of the main ringleaders against him. And, uh, Apparently he was probably promising Gates some sort of position and then uh this other guy from Alabama or something comes running in and, and you can see he's like got his fist out and he's like leaning over trying to get at Gates. And then another guy grabs him from behind, he yeah, yeah, like yeah. pulls him back, puts his yeah. hand over his mouth.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Yanking on on him to keep him back from fighting with Gates, because <laughs> apparently this guy wanted the the committee that that Gates was on. <laughs> uh, so you know, yeah, we, we are getting to like eighteen fifties shit right before the Civil War. I mean, yeah, because people were looking at these ballot totals of like, how, when when else did it take dozens of votes to get a speaker, and it was. Mainly in the period leading right up to the Civil War, which is the same period where people would pull out a cane and start walloping one another in the middle of a congressional <laughs> debate.
0: So It does well, seem like what was it was like the last? Of well, the
1: last time this like happened where it took forever to get a house was like literally like in 1923. So it's we got to do a century tradition in this country where it takes for freaking ever to get a house, you know, to get a house representative is. And I saw one of my buddies said he was looking at this. He's like, "Dude, I mean, our our founding fathers fought all the time. This is actually normal for them to be this way instead of like just sucking up. Oh, it's okay. Sure, you can be speaker of their house. It's okay. You know, they're just like actually fighting tooth and nail to get somewhere. So this is like semi barbaric, and and it's it's entertaining in its own way. So."
2: I mean, the founding fathers would literally shoot one another. They'd have duels, like that's how yeah, yeah. a lot of them yeah.
1: died. I mean, we're not doing. I mean, aren't, aren't we glad that we're not? You know, well, okay. Most of them do not bring guns into the the you know the you know, the house or whatever. But then they got like was the it Lebar or like Green that wanted to bring their own pistols in or concealed concealed weapons.
2: Yes, Boebert was doing that when she first got elected. Yeah, that was, and it. she barely got reelected by like 500 <laughs> votes or something because she just was always. I think
1: she. I think she got a little bit more, but the other guy conceded and like Politico like refused to call the race until like a week later.
2: Yeah, it, it took a long time, and uh, but anyway, she did eventually get reelected <laughs> after people thought she wouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, she she. I I feel like she's trying to be the new Sarah Palin. She is really oh, out gosh. there for the attention.
1: Oh man. And
2: I don't know. I, I I think though that she's been pretty successful at not sticking her foot in her mouth quite as much as Marjorie does. I, I mean, she was smart enough to not go to uh, Nick Fuentes' political conference, which Marjorie did, and then Marjorie had to go out and denounce the guy and apologize and everything because of how <laughs> how he how Fuentes appeared with Alex Jones and Kanye West at that mm. infamous interview, and then right after that. Fuentes starts calling her out and saying just a week ago she wanted to meet with me and Kanye and now she's, now she's distancing herself, she's just an opportunist I think that's true as well I mean, all these people just want attention and yeah. good publicity
1: for themselves <clears throat> Yeah
2: And I guess I should also bring up the Arizona contention of the the people who are against McCarthy. Um, mm-hmm. So this kind of started when when Biggs put out an article on American greatness about how all of his constituents were, uh, and I'm one of his constituents. Um, uh, you know, I contributed to him in the first the first primary when he, where he won by eight votes um, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I knew him from the you know the Ron Paul days. I knew this guy's very principled and very uh, you know adamant about. Uh, you know what he believes in, and I think I think he's been great. But um, he, he's also smart at avoiding doing the kind of stuff that Gosar does, where Gosar went to like the Fuentes conference. And, um, yeah. you know, Gosar often sticks his foot in his mouth. He put out the stupid uh, attack on Titan. <laughs> yeah, going done, after uh, AOC eight. and them. Yeah, that
1: was funny. <laughs> I mean, and he got all his. It's funny. It, 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 it's funny him. depending on uh, which side you you agree. I mean, obviously, if you're. To some people, it was highly offensive, and others, it's like this is too stupid. It, it, like, it's too stupid to even be a threat. I mean, it's a freaking cartoon. Like, come on.
2: Yeah, and That's I think community. a lot of the problems Gosar has is that this guy is old. He looks like a reanimated corpse. The way his head swivels around, and <laughs> he just looks like a, a grandpa who moves unnaturally. And I think his 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 like staffers are a, a kind of just. Taking advantage so, of his well, I thought I, I thought
1: you're gonna say his staffers have like a remote control, like battery pack in the back of his skull, and are like basically like operating his movements with a smartphone or something behind him.
2: <laughs> yeah, he looks that way. Where he, like, <laughs> you think he has like some sort of like metal joints that they're operating with a magnet from above or something to kind of. Yeah swivel him around like Pinocchio or something. You know, it's just, he, the, just the way he tilts his head at these strange angles whenever he's talking. Oh, my gosh. It, It's just a little unnerving to watch. But, uh, um, but you no, know, sorry, he was one of the last holdouts. I think he gave, he gave end to McCarthy a couple of votes before the end. Uh, probably was promised some sort of um, committee sh- ships mm-hmm. back after he got them stripped from the Attack on Titan incident. Mm-hmm. And but then then he kind of was, videoed like running away because the other guys in his his group were like, why did you sell us out and vote for McCarthy? Um, it was just also chaotic. I mean, one of the guys that was just sitting there during the Matt Gates confrontation was, um, he st- he started like talking to the press or whatever, and and he's like. That that guy who lunged at Gates was a drunk redneck, and you shouldn't be you shouldn't be out drinking <laughs> in the middle of the speaker's vote, and you know especially if you're a redneck. <laughs> it turns out this guy's behind the like roadkill amendment. <laughs> it's, it's just so much like redneck drama going on in,
1: in like the speaker of the house debate. That's, that's some kick of the hill shit know. right there. Yeah. Tell you what, man, you're, gonna, you're not going to get my photo, man. You're, just gonna go, you know, you're not going to get my show up community. I tell you what, man, gonna, you can't just sell this over to Budweiser and, you know, pack a Copenhagen. And you just got to, you know, just get in there and punch that guy right there, right there in the job. Yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: but, yeah, they, they had a couple other guys they tried to put up after Jim Jordan didn't want it. They had an um, a enormous black guy. I think he's said to be, like, uh, 275 pounds and seven feet tall, or something by the name of uh, Byron Donalds.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: he's only in his second term, though, uh, from Florida. They okay. tried to get him in there, but they just were stuck with the same 20 people voting over and over for the same people. And there's somebody I think called Kevin Hearn they tried to put in. That didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I guess eventually they realized that McCarthy was just not going to give up ever. And so they just you know, made a deal to get it's, some assignments. It's, yeah, it's
1: a matter of, like, if he can just keep getting in and, and voting, eventually people are going to just lose their will cause, and, and, and say yes to him. And that's exactly what happened. So while we're all laughing at him, he was very resilient to be Speaker of the House no matter what it took. And lo and behold, 15 tries is the magic war, magic number.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are people who are up there and then they end up folding before they even get to a vote. Like, when it comes to the Supreme Court, I remember uh, George Bush put up some woman, um, I think it was, um, I don't even remember her name, but Ann Coulter and some other people, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at Fox, were, like, calling her not conservative enough, and Bush just had to withdraw her before there was even a vote, you know? Uh, And that's kind of what happened to Kevin McCarthy the first time, like, he was up in twenty fifteen. He just withdrew without even a vote. So I thought he would fold again like that. But then it just went on and on for days. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it, he he was really resilient. And I guess he knew that he had the power to to bribe these people and give them what they want. But then after the after the Matt Gates thing, I saw that he he went he made, he gave a comment like, "Yeah, Matt Gates is not getting the Armed Services Committee." thing maybe thought gates would vote for him and not just vote president or something but um, I think that these people are going to be stabbing themselves in the back from here on out even the people who made a deal they're not necessarily going to honor the deal and it's going to be it's going to be a very divided party it's going to be an unproductive Congress where you can't pass anything because they have such a small margin (laughs) I mean they have like a four vote margin in the in the House and the Democrats have like a one or two vote margin in the Senate yeah and that's even with um, this other Arizona drama, Kristen Cinema, the Democrat. She's now left the party. So now it's kind of ambiguous. Like, it's a kind of a 50-50 thing. But she's still caucusing with the Democrats. So it's just, you know, she's, she's somebody who does not always vote with them. And they're not going to be able to pass much anything. I bet there's going to be a lot of government shutdowns, a lot of uh, failures to raise the debt limit. I bet there's going to be some attempts to impeach by them that probably don't go anywhere.
1: That's definitely or maybe that, they pass by one or two. It's one of these votes. things. It's one of these things for like a lot of these some of the bills that people are worried about, let's say for example like gun control and gun rights or whatever, like those aren't going to go anywhere. And that that's a good or bad thing because you know, granted it's like they can't agree or disagree on how to pass these laws, if they can't, you know, no one can. Not one party can have the margin on on it. So there's like the positive side there, where like nothing's really going to get done there. But in the bad side, when it comes to debt ceilings and all that stuff, then you know, people that are government employees aren't going to get paychecks for many, 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 many weeks, like they did back in what was it, a decade ago or about ten years ago, when they had the the big government shutdown for like two or three weeks, and the, regarding the debt ceiling.
2: Yeah, I think that was 2013. Uh, it yeah. was like a Ted Cruz thing over Planned Parenthood, and I don't recall if anything was even resolved. I don't think they ever cut the budget of Planned Parenthood or anything. Mm-hmm. They just kind of gave up eventually.
1: Yeah. So this this ought to be a, a fun two to four years from here to, here on out. So we'll see. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting.
2: I, I yeah. guess the other thing the other thing in Arizona politics was there was the, the Senate race. I didn't talk about that one. It was Blake Masters versus uh, Mark Kelly. Mm-hmm. And Mark Kelly is the astronaut, and he's the husband of uh, Ke- Gabby Giffords, the former congressman that got shot. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: And, and he uh, he's always in these, you know, he, he was running a lot of commercials uh, attacking Blake Masters because Masters pretty stupidly said at some sort of private event that got recorded that he wanted to privatize Social Security. And basically, if you're in a state with a bunch of retirees, that's not going to go over well. <laughs> so I kind of had a feeling he was doomed after that. But, um, you know, there were some polls later on that showed that the Republicans might win as many as 53 seats. I mean, that was the prediction on uh, real clear politics for the Senate. Yeah. And they ended up only keeping 49 seats. And uh, apparently some of these late polls that came in for the Republicans were, you know, not so accurate or else, you know, they were accurate and the elections were rigged, who knows. Mm-hmm, yeah. But um, the thing is, like, there, there was also a, a debate with uh, Kelly and Masters and the libertarian Mark Victor and this Victor guy, he is some sort of oddball that decided he had to bring up the age of consent laws and he was like, we need ballot referendums about the age of consent so that we can lower it or whatever and it's like (laughs) why are you making having sex with 14 year olds a part of your platform like is this something you really needed to bring up at the debate that like everyone in Arizona really wanted to hear your opinion about and this guy ends up dropping out of the race because he embarrassed himself so much and endorsing um the Republican candidate but I don't know if that endorsement may have actually hurt him because Victor had such a bad reputation (laughs) or what but um you know, the, the guy's name was still on the ballot, and people still ended up voting for him as well. <laughs> so I don't know if they didn't know he'd dropped out, or they just didn't like either candidate. But, I mean, you're always going to have people that um, will just vote Libertarian no matter what, even if the candidate's not on the ballot. You know, a couple percentage of Arizona does that. Yeah. I mean, one of my neighbors in um, the cul-de-sac I grew up in was a cop, and he would always just vote straight-line Libertarian.
1: I can't. I, I don't know what else. I mean, I kind of. I want. I wanted to say what I wanted to say about the whole midterm stuff. Um,
2: Did anything interesting happen in South Carolina? I mean, I figure kind of just Republicans want everything. Right
1: oh yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, like Tim. Like Tim Scott beat the. You know, whoever was he was going against. I didn't even see any ads for them. Like he wiped the floor with them. Um. There's a local guy here. Uh, by the name of. Um, oh my gosh I can't think of his name and he goes to my church anyways but they were worried about him uh he thought it was going to be a close race and he wound up wiping the floor with the other contestant or whatever because they try to start crap here um nah it was I mean pretty much like the major cities voted blue or whatever which is like Greenville, Columbia, Charleston or whatever um and of course uh augusta is actually in, in Georgia, so that doesn't count but i mean it was it was about what I expected on who would you know who would get positions or whatever so I really wasn't too worried oh McCravy's the guy I'm thinking of, yeah um no he's still got his he's still the incumbent um but he's like a county person yeah
0: you know, so and, um
1: with regards to
2: here there I, one other thing about gosar. He usually is run uh, running against some Democrat that has no hope of winning. And the Democrat has a whole bunch of ads on TV with Gosar's siblings who start trashing him. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing this for years. And eventually, I suppose they just gave up because in 2020, he won with a 69% of the vote. And uh, <laughs> so I guess they, were, they realized, well, he, he's just going to keep winning. He's got a new district this time, and it's still very favorable to him. So they didn't even run anybody against him. But there were a couple of close races here. There was Eli Crane, the Republican that won. And uh, he was actually one of the people who was voting against McCarthy. I think he may be in alliance with Biggs and Gosar on the right wing of the Arizona Republican Party. And um, Schweikert, who has been here a long time, used to be my congressman. Um, He keeps getting redistricted around, and he won in his new district, which was pretty close so i think it was pretty good for for house races but then you look at for for the republicans they did well in house races but then not so well in senate and governor and you know i do kind of wonder how it always keeps shaking out this way that in some of the bigger races the numbers are just very different than the the uh, the house races where the where the gop did much better and I, i don't really know why they lost the senate and unless there was something fishy going on with the mail-in ballots, like they were making them really fast and they were only marking the Senate and governor, Mm. not bothering with making fraudulent votes for, for house or, you know, something maybe went on with those bins that the votes got left in. But, you know, there's just weird, weird numbers, just like in 2020 where all the bellwethers went for Trump, but then he ends up losing, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there are just these odd numbers where it's just like, is this really legit? It's, It's just very suspicious.
1: I was gonna say, do you want to talk about Kiss Saves Santa? I mean, Kiss Kiss Saves the Park, Kiss versus I, yeah, the sure. Phantom, or whatever I'd the heck that movie was. Whatever that, that. that
2: was, a lot of fun though. It kind of reminds me of, like Batman '66, where it's just so campy and oh, ridiculous. The, oh. the fire breathing effects and all the weirdness of like some of the characters just don't talk or they've been overdubbed.
1: Well, definitely and, overdubbed, but like so. Apparently, the 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 Kiss members, like Gene Simmons, is like they call him Demon or whatever. So then he, that's why he did all the growling noises, and he thought he was defective. Like I guess that's what his his is his stage name is supposed to represent. I I don't know. I just I, I don't know their actual like you know their Starman, and then the other two, and I can't even. One think of them is
2: a cat or something, right? Yeah. I don't know all of their names or whatever. The, I mean, they're they're like star names, you know. They they've kind of abandoned exactly. the makeup and the code names a long time ago at this point.
1: Anyway, I think in but, the eighties
2: they gave up on that. Yeah. And they may they may have brought that back for a nostalgia's sake. Since I don't know, but oh, yeah. for a while they were like trying to look more like a normal metal band or something. They did. Modernized. They
1: actually, they kind of started it better when they did that too. That's just my opinion. Um, oh gosh, so. I don't know there was a, there was a whole lot of like really silly stupid stuff. I mean for a made for TV movie you can only do so much. So the whole thing behind this is the fact that like it was funded by Hanna-Barbera and like he had it like it it did it did poorly or something like that or
2: Yeah, I think it probably didn't do great on the ratings. Um yeah, I noticed that this actually it was aired like a month or two before the Star Wars Holiday Special. So it's just that period of like weird, awkward attempts to cash in on you know big hits Mm -hmm. that, and then it doesn't always go over all that well because Mm -hmm. the people directing the TV thing don't really understand what made the the original thing popular to begin with. So they kind of like tried to include some concert footage here to appeal to Kiss fans, but then they added all this like nonsensical like amusement park stuff. And these bizarre kind of Batman style fight scenes and uh and then it's sort of like an El Santo type situation where the police kinda of walk up to them and want their help fighting some sort of bad guys. Yeah. Even though they're not policemen or whatever and it's just it's just a real Yeah,
1: yeah they're they're mix freaking they're freaking park security or something, and they're like, Kiss, you need to help save our park and they're like on these like All of them are sitting on these those lifeguard benches by their pool. And I'm like, I mean, the rock stars, I guess they could have that, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you? And there's, like, no girls there. And I'm like, okay, this is obviously is not realistic. So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) There are just, like, four dudes sitting by themselves. It it feels like it's very Metalocalypse in a way. (laughs) Like, the (laughs) the girls don't stay there indefinitely. They only come, like, once a week or something. And then the rest of the time it's just them four just doing stuff. Um, like sitting on top of lifeguard benches having a conversation on how to save the park or whatever. Or like, I, cause I thought like Gene, no, Gene Simmons and the gang got cloned or whatever. And then they, they, it's the real rock group fighting the clone group on stage in front of everybody. And then everyone's like, this is the best rock concert ever. What, what gets me, what sticks out, was, like, the, the professor guy that's making all these android, animatronic people that are based off real people. Because it involves, like, this girl and her boyfriend, and the boyfriend disappears. And then she sees him again, he's, like, a robot or something. And it's the fact that, like, he's doing all this, like, underground in the park or whatever. And then, like, one of the, like, the co-people or whoever, like, you know, help build the park... They drive out like you know on the golf cart all the way out in the middle of the parking lot where the concert is for the one guy to tell the scientist guy he's he's fired and you need to leave immediately which he doesn't but then after he tells him he's fired the guy just like walks off and I'm like what kind of jerk like you're gonna fire somebody but you take him out in the middle of the Mojave desert and then you have to make him walk their way back to their office <laughs> That's a, that was a big parking lot. But then the guy, the scientist is fired, but he doesn't leave the park. Like, nobody, he doesn't, like... Security is doing a terrible job on escorting someone who's fired from their job off the property.
2: Yeah, it's like, didn't they see the videos of Elon Musk walking these uh, employees out with security at Twitter? I mean, they, they gotta know how to fire somebody, right, and get
1: them out of well, there. Well, I mean, they could do it like um, the Limited Run Games way of announcing... Like passive aggressively, whoever whoever wrote that, that they terminated someone or something because yeah, that was yeah.
2: We won't say who, we won't say why, we won't say anything except for blah 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 sensitivity training or whatever the excuse was.
1: Well, it was like we're we're wanting to be inclusive. We expect everyone's opinions, and then the big however, this person we found out some stuff about him that does not agree with our viewpoints as a company, so. I had to think about that and I think the reason why is because she was a content manager and so she's got like she goes to conventions because I had a I got this from a source of mine uh, within the company it was not Josh but anyways um we're basically and then like apparently a bunch of tweets I think maybe Josh or somebody found the tweets of like what she like oh she follows like libs on TikTok which is just laughable comedy to begin with and um you know some tweets she said from 2016 that. Anyways, I, I think it's a matter of like them always trying to save face, but then like the whole comment section is just both ends of everyone acting completely stupid. Of like, you know, we don't care about your you know PC politics, going woke stuff. Can you whatever money I gave you? If I gave you two hundred dollars for the Dead Space collection, why can't you give it to me like you know less than six months instead of a year and a half from now? So. You yeah, it was just, that was an entire crap show. So I, anyways. Yeah, I haven't really historically bought that much from them. I have a couple of
2: Switch games that I bought from them. Like, I bought the same and Max, the first game from them, because it was in stock on Amazon, and I was able to get it in a couple of days. So then I decided, okay, I'll wait until they announce if they're going to do a in-print version of the second game before I buy it and then I see, okay, this is shipping in six months after they announce that they've made it, and it's like, really? And then I'll just buy the digital game, and I'll just have it install automatically, and I can just play it right away on my Switch and not have to wait all this time to get a physical version, you know? I mean, that is kind of the core flaw with this company, and I get that they're not Nintendo or whatever, but they have a a huge budget to make these things en masse instantly and Mm -hmm. have it be available, but... I mean, that is a that is a drawback to their company, and I get why people are irritated about that.
1: Yeah, I I mean, the last thing I got in from them was the Zombies Ate My Neighbors collection, which took over a year. I, I don't know if it's based on just... I, I don't know if it's based on waiting on other... Like how much of it is waiting on other people to make something happen or design? Because the, the excuse was, oh, COVID, 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 COVID. Well, we're kind of past that. But ever ever since I got Zombies Day, my neighbors, I haven't really. I, th- I I think I pre-ordered. I don't remember the last thing I pre-ordered though. That was the th- I'm looking back through my account to see if um because I, th- I thought I got uh this uh Blade Runner game, but I think I just got that on um basically on on the Switch network. And um, anyways, yeah, I don't I don't see anything here that looks like I bought anything recently from them, because I guess for me it's like, after their E3 thing, I was kind of like alright, I think there's some games I'm going to get and that's it, and then that's kind of what I did and then I just really haven't you know, touched anything from Limited Run in a while, because I've had other priorities come up than but there hasn't been anything that really grabbed my attention I know that Daft, he ordered this uh, uh yeah, the, the Scott, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim thing, yeah
2: and it was, like, supposed to come with all these additional features, and it took, like, two years, and then they didn't include all the features, and he had to, like, complain to them, and then they had to send him a, additional stuff that they hadn't included, yeah. and it's like, if you're gonna take all the time, at least give them everything that they bought in this, like, ridiculous package of all this junk with the art book and all this stuff that people like to mm-hmm. pay extra for so that they can have the best version of it ever, you know, if, if people are going to pay extra for all that crap, at least give it to them. You know, you, you can't just rip them off, and I, make them wait for years and then not even give them what they ordered. I mean, that's yeah, just ridiculous. I, I,
1: I remember, I mean, it's like to me, I'm just thinking, man, a few years ago, they were in this dinky little office building where I used to live. And it was just a handful of guys. And Josh and Doug were, had everything crammed in one back room. And they had like a handful of games. And, you know, they eventually got to the point where they had to hire more people to do this. And now they've got way more people now to do a bunch of stuff. And it just seems like it always takes longer. So, like, they're at a warehouse now that I remember going over there to check out, like, you know, writing with Josh to meet a few people to for them to talk about it. And to, like, go through, like, how they're going to, like, you know, design it if they actually go through with the deal, which is where they're at now, I'm pretty sure. But I haven't been to Raleigh in, like, a year and a half so I I mean obviously next time I'm up there I'm definitely going to stop by the office and you know let Josh know I'm coming and all that good stuff but I don't know man I'm just anyways I, yeah I, I, I saw you're time. not as much in contact with him
2: anymore but it'd be nice if you could Yeah, you know, I, I, need to, I, need
1: to, I need to reach out because he was we were kind of texting you know once in a while but like I've reached out to him like this past year and I never heard anything back and his wife was just like, "Yeah, you got to email him." I'm like, "Okay." I mean, I've had he's, he's probably just busy, but you know, I don't, I, I don't like that what's going
2: on there lately. But I imagine it's not him doing it directly. There's probably some HR. I honestly, department.
1: I honestly don't, I don't. No, I don't. I don't know how much of his hand is into like making these decisions with HR or whatever. Because obviously, they had to hire these people to make the right decisions. But I mean, the, but going back to this girl that's a content manager because she was the one running the streams. I mean like she she's a big face, so then it's kind of like you know if they if they didn't say anything and let her go, then people would ask questions, maybe, but either way, I guess it's like you know maybe like okay we'll 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 say it nonchalantly and people can kind of figure it out from there and um Or you could just not say anything, and nobody would really care. But this is a this is a girl that was actually like, you know, being working at all these booths at major gaming conventions. So like, if they had somebody there to replace her, and and you know, everyone acted like she didn't exist, that would be really fishy. But, so is this the same girl where some you posted some comment or some people were complaining about
2: her voice or whatever and hoping that she got fired or
1: whatever? I think that's her, yeah. Because like, I know like they've had this girl that runs the streams for the past few years, and I think that's her. Do you know
2: her? Have you ever met her I, or anything?
1: I might have seen her one time. I don't think I ever really had a conversation with her, so that's all I can say And the times that I've visited Limited Run the past few years, so. If I'm there during the okay. day, during work hours, which has been a couple of times. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it usually works for, like, I can, like, if I go up to Animazement, then, you know, all that Josh know I'm there, we'll ride back to, you know, the Limited Run office and hang out and, and catch up and talk for, like, an hour or two or something. Get some free swag. You know, I, I would really like to go to the store, like, one year anniversary coming up in April. So, at least, because I saw that place before they he did any work to it. So, it'd be really interesting to see, like, in person, like, how much it's, like, you know, the way he wanted to make that store work, so. But I, I, I think a lot of, I, I don't know if, like, all the hate on Limited Run is, like, I, I don't believe in totally legitimate. I think there's people that have probable reasons for it. And then also the fact of, like, people that are just, like, you know, they it's the bandwagon or just hate Limited Run, because everyone else is hating Limited Run. and But they'd have, like, nothing personal that's happened to them. I, I don't know how to take it. It's it's I, I just want to keep my hands clean from it. It's that's just the kind of way I look at it, so
2: Yeah, I mean I didn't really know of any scandals involving them before this, except for just the general lateness of their stuff. I mean that seems to be the main thing people don't like about them. Yeah. But there may be other things. Maybe people don't like the prices as well. I mean, I imagine there's all kinds of complaints. I you know how video game plans are, they complain about everything.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I I guess for me it's like if there's something I really there's a few stuff. If he happens to put it out, I will throw money down on it. But other than that, it's just there's some things I was like kind of interested in. I'm like, do I really need it? No, not really or I can always wait and get a free version uh, or I can get it for free when I go see Josh I don't know but even then I'm just like I'm not going to be like oh cool I'm you know I'm just kind of like hey if you got stuff that's that's great if not that's okay I don't need any more stuff I'm trying to get rid of stuff so <laughs> anyways um I don't know what else to say about the kids saves um the park or whatever um
2: it just has to be seen to be believed. It's, you have to see yeah. it for yourself and experience it.
1: Yeah. Is Daft acting like he's going to? Oh, he's driving. That's why.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Um, well, do we want to talk about Christmas? I, I figured yours is more pleasant, uh, so you can go first.
2: Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I got these new, um,. Boupon movies that I've been watching. I, sh- I can talk about them some. Okay. They're really entertaining and uh, they have the Funimation dub. They're the movies from the 90s and um, okay. they feature many gay stereotypes. <laughs> um, first, there's the uh, gay, sadomasochistic, um, Nazi. Uh, oh, the, he's the the, is that the that...
1: hermaphrodite person?
2: Yes, he's called Hermaphrodite and he uh he like bites people's tongues off and he's like cross dresses oh my gosh and he's just weird and fucking creepy and disgusting <laughs> uh yeah i mean his name is her it was an h e r r like the nazi honorific or whatever yeah. and then mephrodite, so yeah it's it's very on the nose And uh, there's a whole, uh, whole disclaimer explanation about this on the uh, on the um, special features.
1: This was uh, which which was which was written or however much of it is written or insighted by CG, of all people. Well, it
2: was uh, it was a Justin
1: Savakis thing, I believe. Oh, okay. uh,
2: CG is like a like a source or whatever on there because whatever. about like gays in one piece and gays in one punch man and stuff and i think they probably like consulted like fans of modern anime about that like oh my how is the representation of gay characters now or something like that i think cg was saying something on social media to the effect of like they, they reached out to him about lgbt representation in anime or something, something to that effect
1: interesting i'm um... Of all the people that had asked, ask. Um, but, I mean, hey, he's in the industry for his, his brief insight, so good on him. I mean, I, well, I mean he's, He used to be a fan subber. I don't know that he's ever done anything, like,
2: official before, but, um, you know, and I don't know if he does fan subs still. I'd imagine not, because there aren't that many anymore.
1: Well, I mean, there's still people that do fa- – I mean, in terms of fan subbing, they'll take what's out there and be like, oh, we we want to write it our way, like, horrible subs, or – these other people in Naya that are taking a popular series and doing it themselves. when it already has an official sub to it, but you're just getting their stuff so you don't have to pay Crunchyroll or Funimation or anything to watch yeah, it. Yeah,
2: but it's not the same way it used to be. I mean, with Kaizoku on One Piece, where they popularized like the phrase Nakama and got all these like One Piece fans convinced that it means something totally different than just friend and it can't be translated into English. You know they had such a reputation in the fandom, and they had these colorful, um, bright uh, fonts uh, and the, uh, you know, special attack names that would have like these effects where they the letters would get bigger across the screen as it was being said. Mm-hmm. You know, just the the cheesy old kind of uh, fan subs of the two thousands. I think that kind of thing is more or less. And dad, I mean. Oh,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I yeah. think the last fan sub thing I followed, like, live as it was coming out, was the first part of Dragon Ball Super. Because for whatever reason, Toei took over a year before they licensed that to mm-hmm. uh, anyone. And eventually, um, you know, CG was doing that uh, with Dragon Team. Eventually, something weird happened where they, like, changed the name and pretended to be a different group. And, you know, <laughs> eventually CG let us on in that, like, oh, yeah. We're still doing it. Uh, we're just calling ourselves something else now. And then after a few months of that, it, it finally got licensed. And I haven't heard of CG doing any fan subs of anything since then. He was, big was into, probably, he was
1: big into doing Tenkai Nights.
2: Yeah. I don't know how far he got on that. He used to be obsessed with that show, but that's, that, that was a long time ago. This is like yeah. 2010 stuff.
1: Yeah. That sounds about right. I
2: feel like so much stuff gets licensed now and like everything is on crunchy roll. Crunchyroll's like become the monopoly because they merge with, um, uh, you know, Funimation, and now I think they're merging with Right Stuff, and mm-hmm. it's all kind of just becoming one big thing owned by Sony. <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> well, I mean, the thing to do with fan subs, is it's it's groups that fan sub stuff that isn't released commercially or never has made it its way over to the West, and that's mostly like a lot of really really obscure OVA. So you get people like. King Menu, which is a per, which is a group that I happen to follow. Um, I get email subscriptions where they basically just fan sub like weird OVAs or some hentai titles or something. Just so like there's a way for it to be out there. And uh there's also um like Shit Eater subs is another one. And then there's M subs too, which is like they did like SPT Laser. Oh, yeah.
2: I remember them. I think I watched, like, L Game or something through them. Yeah, through they were
1: doing L Game. Yeah. Um, I mean, now that Zabungle is commercially released, I am incredibly surprised that we have not gotten Zabungle officially released yet. But, I mean, it will happen at some point. Like, if that, like, apparently, so. apparently, like, the whole thing with the, um, the J9 series, the company that owns that, apparently, they're also the same company that has, like, Licensing ties to SPT Lasner. so like if the J9 series was incredible, was basically the the you know Discotech had it out less than a year and the license lapse because of just how it is, or whatever happens. They've already lost that Sasseriger and Briger and all that yes, stuff. Yes, I've got two out of three of those series. I, I'm glad I snatched oh them up God. when I did. Yes. I didn't um,
2: buy them. <laughs> and if you, I deleted if you, my fan subs thinking, oh, I'll, I'll buy the official thing someday. I, 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 I It's like, it's
1: like after after Edeon, after, like, um, Sentai lost the rights to Edeon and I got Zabungle, because I really wanted Edeon, and Edeon's Blu-ray is incredibly high, so, like, who knows when that's going to get a license rescue. But, like, for me, it's like I kick myself. Like, when it comes to mech series, jump on them the minute they come out, because you never know.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean I, I have to give Disco Contact Credit, though, for all the old robot stuff they release. It's like stuff that was never being touched by any
1: other company. I mean, I've got, what is it, Dorvac on Blu-ray that I picked up. And that was a series, like, I've known about, but I've never actually seen. And then there's, um, Orgus that I picked up because I figured why not. And that's got, like, a, that's, I think the, the first half of it's dubbed so eventually I'll get around to watching that show but like right now I'm into Twin Peaks so I want to finish up Twin Peaks
2: yes there are a lot of like mecha shows that are classics that I still need to see I mean yeah even though I'm so big on the Shogun Warriors I don't even you know I don't even think I've seen any of these shows like Ray Dean or Mazinger Z yeah. uh, Guy King all the classics uh, by like Go Nagai and all the other great robot anime Directors from the seventies.
1: I, I hate um, to I hate a to, robot. I hate to re-remind you this, but at some point, we really, really need to sit down and watch all of Votoms to do our Takahashi versus Tomino <laughs> segment. Yes, I mean I've been it been has been my, a many videos. a year I saw since we've done Otoms that. there,
2: and it's been sitting there on the shelf for years, and I had forgotten entirely about it. it you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just like, and then there's like another one that we that I bought. Um, I think it was called like. Photon um, Zillion or something like that
1: Yeah um, that's that's another one I have on Blu-ray uh, I mean I've got Brain Powered on DVD So that's the Tomino series That's like infamous for being Like Tomino, Tomino-ly Bad or something I bought that a couple mm-hmm. years I think I've had it for three four years
2: <laughs> Just, Yes, we going to get around stuff like that and, Yeah I bet um, sure
1: we're going to get to it
2: <laughs> King Gainer is another one by him That that's I want to see sometime
1: I think King Gander's the better series. Uh, Brain Power apparently is not.
2: Yeah, And pilot candidate. I bought that on mm. DVD. I haven't gotten to that yet. Oh man. Anyway, back to Lupin. There's yeah. uh there's another character, another gay character, Sada Chio, and he's like a, uh, a cross dresser. And this guy, he really gets it from Lupin in terms of the uh, just the constant gay jokes. Uh, like in the Japanese version, Lupin is just like, I'm not afraid of you, girly man. But in the English version, he's like, he's repeating all these kind of like stereotypes. Like, oh, yeah, are you going to play some show tunes to me and scare me? And, you know, he's just constantly <laughs> making gay jokes.
0: <laughs>
2: just constant, constant throughout the thing. And there's a, uh, I believe this is the one where there's a like an edited version of it. Uh, because this guy keeps, like, whipping people's clothes off and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Fujiko is, like, is naked all the time during this movie. And there's also, like, a sex scene with Fujiko. And amusingly, they, uh, between her and Lupin, they they had a, uh, as a bonus feature, they had the edited version of this movie where you can see um, the scene where uh, there's a girl who's uh, bathing naked under a waterfall and Lupin spies on her, and then he sees that she has a pendant that turns out to be important to the plot of the movie. Well, they couldn't cut this scene because the pendant's too important. So, what they did originally when Funimation released this, and this was one of their last VHS releases, so they they released an edited VHS as, as well as an uncut VHS. Mm-hmm. On the edited version, they gave her this pink uh, digital bikini, just like they would on Tenchi Muyo on awesome. uh, Cartoon Network. On tsunami, and uh, there's all these scenes that that they edited in all these humorous ways. Like there's a part where her her shirt gets ripped off by the whip, uh, so that you can see the medallion. Uh And they somehow they edited it digitally so that the medallion came out, but the shirt stayed on. And uh, there's a part where she like falls onto a tractor bed with her with her shirt torn from the whip, and they had to edit that where she had clothing on it and uh, and it's just like all these different edits that they used to have to make and apparently they actually wanted to get this thing on television which I can't imagine because it's probably the filthiest of all the Lupin uh, oh, wow. shows or movies and like I guess maybe they wanted to go for Adult Swim but I mean this was 2003 or 2002 or something and at that point uh, I, it still would have been too much for Adult Swim, even with the digital bikinis well, and I everything. Mean, they,
1: I mean, they were they put on Lupin on Adult Swim in two thousand two, two thousand three, I believe. So this would have been like, <clears throat> you know, oh, we could have put this out along with the TV series and keep yeah. the Lupin theme. That would make sense.
2: Well, yeah, I think they did want to cash in on basically Jenny on the the classic part two of anime which ran for three years in Japan, and Miyazaki worked on some episodes of it, and it's it's the most famous and successful version of Lupin. So so on got that, and they dubbed only the first half of it, and of that first half, only the first third of that half, there were 26 episodes, ends up airing on television. Mm-hmm. Some of the episodes were too um, much for Adult Swim at the time. They didn't want to air the Hitler episode, and they had to heavily edit an episode involving... Lupin going to like a nudist beach or something, and he's like mm-hmm. looking at naked women through binoculars and stuff. Like the show was just too too much for them. I guess they couldn't afford to keep editing it and licensing more. Mm-hmm. But but that was a different company, and I think um, you know those Ginny on they got the TV show. And I think Funny got the 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 movies trying to cash in on that, thinking well this is going to be a big thing here now, and it really didn't. It didn't ever get that big, even though they aired it on weeknights and aired it for quite a while, a lot of runs. But I mean, Lupin never really took off you the same way that Bebop and mm-hmm. some of the other adult swim anime like Inuyasha really. I mean, Inuyasha premiered a few months before Lupin, and that really overshadowed Lupin because I, I mean, at the time, I remember everybody talking about Inuyasha, Inuyasha. I don't recall anyone ever talking about Lupin in real life, like not once. Hmm. I mean, in, when I was in middle school and uh, people were watching Adult Swim, what were they watching? They were watching like Full Metal Alchemist,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Inuyasha, maybe like Wolf's Rain, but th- th- I just never heard anyone talk about Lupin at, at all. Yeah, I think maybe it's skews too old or too male exclusively because of all the fan service or too I don't know I mean the animation was pretty dated it was too comedic and not enough continuity maybe people can't get into it because of that but it just never really took off here which is kind of why it's surprising to me mm-hmm. that Tech licenses so much of it because it's it's really a very niche thing I mean, even when they aired on *Tsunami* to this day, I don't recall ever seeing, like, ratings where it was not significantly lower than every other show on the block. But they keep licensing it, because I guess they just mm-hmm. like it. You know, like, a lot of what happens on *Tsunami* is just DeMarco's personal tastes. I mean, that's why they, they air One Piece. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's never been huge in the ratings, but DeMarco likes it, and, you know, they get what they can get, and that happens to be something that's available, and it does well enough to stay around. Uh,
1: yeah, I... I was trying to keep up with One Piece and, like... I, like, at least, like, for, with the uh, the backstory of... Oh, my gosh. The Mermaid Island. And I never... I, I, I just don't have the will to, to keep capturing it. I just... I mean, like, today I spent... Like, you know, last, yesterday and today I spent my time ripping... um Blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah, Black Lagoon, finally, and put it on my ice plane for people to enjoy. So, like, that was a better use of my time to to rip that than trying to go through all of like all the episodes of One Piece that I've missed on my DVR. And I'm just like, I just, I just can't do it.
2: That that One Piece arc with the Fish Man, it goes into this really really long flashback where they're like the treatment of the humans and the fishmen uh, that's as the far that's a, that's
1: what i remember watching that was about july 4th that's how far it, how, that's how long ago it was
2: it's so tedious i mean that the problem with one piece is it gets to a point where they start adapting one chapter per episode mm-hmm. and then and then the pacing gets really slow and it's it's sort of doable when they were airing at it at 2 a week on tsunami Mm -hmm. but you know when they have it down to one week the last few weeks it's just painful it's just nothing happens in any given week it barely moves along and and there's so many flashbacks and it's so repetitive it's it's just a it's it's just a poorly paced show i mean it's over a thousand episodes there's no reason a show needs to be that long i mean it has its fun moments and all but uh it, it, the the problem is Oda. He kind of repeats certain ideas over and over. Where there's a good princess on the island, there's some bad pirates that usurped power, and Luffy has to fight them. And then he loses the first fight, and then he recovers while his friends are fighting the the henchmen. Mm-hmm. And then he has the big fight with the with the big bad guy, and then he wins. And then his bounty goes up, and it, and then he maybe meets a new crew member, and it's yeah. kind of rinse repeat for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And and it's kind of like, okay, when is he going to find One Piece? Is anything ever going to happen that advances the story beyond the same simple formula? (laughs) (sighs) Uh, I mean, it has to be like the longest running Shonen Jump series that actually has a plot. I know there's that that one with the policeman that's like a gag manga that ended a few years back. Oh, yeah. And that one ran for like 40 years or something. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, this has gone on way longer than Dragon Ball, way longer than Bleach or Naruto or Fist of the North Star or any Mm -hmm. of the other classics. Mm -hmm. And and it's kind of like, I don't know if it's ever going to end in Oda's lifetime. (laughs) I mean, I kind of hope it's approaching something like a resolution but it, it, I mean it's, this it's latest like... arc is just kind of like a rehash of what's airing on *Tsunami* right now with the whole Vegapunk thing mm-hmm. it's just like you, you don't need to redo these same beats over and over let's just wrap it up here
1: <laughs> uh, it's like you know didn't can't Oda look at the creator of Berserk and be like you know that someday could happen to me. I better wrap up this story quick. Otherwise, like, I'm going to die and there's not going to be a conclusion of the Luffy ever find One Piece? And I have literally will cause a riot on the planet Earth of all the One Piece fans because there is no conclusion to this story. I better just go ahead and just conclude it as quickly as possible while I'm still alive.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I every time an arc ends, I have hope, like, okay, Now it's going to be the big pirate war with Blackbeard and Shanks and Luffy and the emperors are all going to go at each other. Because we kind of got that with Buono where Luffy took out Big Mom and Kaido and he Mm -hmm. became one of the four emperors. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then it goes off on this goofy... uh, He goes to an island and meets a guy with a big head and a big tongue. And then they get shrunk down to children by a crazy beam and it's just like... It's just the wacky hijinks, they go on forever and, uh, like, it's just kind of like the, you you know, your clock is ticking, Oda. You know, like you don't have forever on this thing. People are going to lose interest or you're going to die or -hmm. something's going to happen. You know, the berserk situation, the guy just suddenly died. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And I mean, Oda has always had health problems. He only does like two or three chapters a month and, and those chapters don't really don't really move the plot along all that much on average that kind of just
0: mm-hmm.
2: a lot of fillery kind of stuff a lot of reaction shots
1: well they are continuing it because they did they did find um, um, shoot the, the, the author of Berserk and they found his notes on where That's he true. was taking the story so like we are going to get some sort of conclusion would it be the conclusion he originally wanted probably not but even getting a close enough of um you know of what you know the, the really tie up the story at the end would be good enough for a lot of berserk fans,
2: yeah, I do give them credit that they're at least trying to honor his wishes and finish it the way he wanted it, and I hope yeah. they have all the details and that they can approximate his style and make it as close as possible to what he would have wanted, but uh you know, I've not really read the berserk manga, I've just seen the anime and and that's a problem. I know the I know the manga is a lot better. I mean, I'm aware the anime has a lot of problems with the. Yeah.
1: Especially well, they, the later the an- seasons. I mean, the anime has taken out a lot of, like, the main story. Because I know uh, one of my friends is. Like, he hasn't seen anything of a berserk anime, but he's read, like, as much as the manga. And he's just like, dude, you need to read the manga. Like, the anime is. once you tell me about what you know of the anime, they left out all this important stuff. And then you have to get in that whole discussion of, like, okay. It's like people that want to have their they, when books get adapted to to movies. If they actually fully adapted a book to a movie, the movie would be like ten hours long. And I'm like, you have to realize when you have to you tell book people this, and they hate it, because my ex was one of those where it was like, look, you've got a two hour time frame to adapt as much as the key points of what happens in this book to film. You can't adapt everything in that time frame and make it flow good enough. And when you explain that to people that are book readers, they will never, never understand that. And they're always going to like, well, you know, obviously the book's better. I say, yes, the book is better because the movie is trying to adapt, you know, within a time frame of what they're allowed budget wise to adapt the, the key important parts of that story to a two hour film. If you had it your way, that movie would be 10 hours long. And then you might as yeah. well break it up into four break up one book into four or five different movies. Like I don't know The Hobbit.
2: <laughs> yeah, The Hobbit and the Harry Potter, these are the famous examples where they had to include everything. And so I mean the Harry Potter movies at first, the first few are very watchable movies. They're I've only fun seen I, I've only
1: seen the first three. And I did like the right. first three movies.
2: The first two, especially, are absolutely classic in my opinion. Okay, I mean they're by Chris Columbus, the same guy that made the first two Home Alone movies and Adventures in Babysitting and all these other classic oh, nice. family movies. Those and are I actually think good he's movies. Great, and I actually watched Young Sherlock Holmes by him, and I could see a lot of early Harry Potter influence there because it's like Holmes at, at school, mm-hmm. and a lot of the same elements are there um, visually and the character dynamics and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, he's he's very very talented guy, and those early movies are just fun, kids' movies. And then over time, they become darker, and they try to take the the tone of the, the um, books more. And especially the last, you know, I think from movie five on, there's just one director that's been doing them, and is also doing the Fantastic mm-hmm. Beast stuff. Mm-hmm. And he must work very closely with J.K. Rowling, because it starts becoming a much closer adaptation but it loses the unique appeal the cinematic nature of the early ones Mm -hmm. that makes those kind of cinematic gold and the other ones they're just adaptations i mean they're basically you can see the book on screen for people who don't want to read a book okay they serve that role i mean they have good special effects but Mm -hmm. they don't have the same magic as and especially when they adapt the seventh book into two movies mm-hmm. that what the what results from that is you have really bad pacing and things that are just not visually appealing like them hanging out in the dark woods for a long time not really doing anything after they leave hogwarts and they're just kind of dancing around by the fire and it's just tedious and nothing's happening because they thought well we can't leave out this scene from the final story because people will be upset about where well, they missed this moment where Harry and hermione are dancing and it's like no we didn't need to see that that was not important
1: <laughs> I I, I got I gotta tell you if, if you want to talk about long drawn-out scenes the 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 twin Peaks miniseries which is what I'm currently watching right now um oh my gosh that is that has got some like long ass drawn-out scenes of like I I have an episode, like, so they they apparently made the miniseries after the TV series that ended like in 92 or whatever, and they put it on Showtime, so then David Lynch can basically be full David Lynch. And because of that, I, adapt I, 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 no, daft, John, wow, it's getting late. Um, I've had to, like, basically, like, you know, the, the episodes are about an hour long, and there's been parts where I had to stop halfway through the episode because I am passing out on my bed cuz it is just a scene will just drag on and on. It, it is so awkward to watch. I, I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm just like it, it's it's a slog. Like the the original like TV series that was on CBS in the early 90s because David Lynch had somebody else there to help him tell the story effectively and move the story along. It's very like, you know, it, it grabs you, you're involved, you want to know what happens. And then you get to the Showtime series, and, and it is just like, what the heck is going on? Like, yeah, I've heard it's
2: just nonsensical and badly paced, and oh my gosh,
1: I, I'm I'm wanting to get through it so bad because like I've already finished up the TV series. I bought the freaking Fire Walk With Me movie to like you know tie in the events of what happens before the TV series. So like, I'm already invested in Twin Peaks, cause I bought the TV series DVD set, like, four years ago, I think. Four or five, three, three or four years ago, from Walmart. Because I was like, heard of how good it was, and it was $40, and I'm like, alright, I'm gonna go ahead and buy it. And then I was watching it, and then I, and then I got into, oh, check out Farscape, and then that's invested a year in Farscape, and I kinda threw Twin Peaks aside. So when I finally got back to where I was watching it, I was like, okay, I don't remember anything that's going on, but I still got invested in it and then some of it was starting to come back to me like what I sort of remembered but anyways so like the original series is great both of them and <clears throat> the movie is is actually pretty good too uh they get away with a lot of stuff in there but then like this this mini series it's just it's a slog but i'm like i got to finish it and then <laughs> i'll just watch like i there's a guy that does um twin peaks like um video reviews on, on YouTube he put out a few years ago. So that gives me a reason to like sit down and watch all these videos and for everything to make sense. So like yeah, I'm looking to say, forward to watching, watching that Lynch. as soon as I finish this TV series.
2: Uh, with, with Lynch, have you seen his his movies?
1: I mean, the only thing I've really seen was the the Twin Peaks movie. Um, I haven't seen Elephant Man. I haven't seen – I really haven't seen anything by him.
2: So you haven't seen his Dune movie?
1: I have not seen the new. Are you talking about the new one?
2: No, the one from the eighties that he did.
1: I did see that. Oh, oh that okay. is yeah, that is not a good film.
2: <laughs> that thing is. I kind of enjoy it more than the new one. I mean, the new one is better, but that old one is just so ridiculous
1: and weird. Yeah. I mean, that you got the giant guy flying around, <clears throat> the fat guy, and the- I remember fat guy and a bunch of worms and Patrick Stewart with like half a head of hair.
2: Uh-huh, and Sting,
1: and, oh, yeah.
2: and uh, all the, 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 it's just like, he, it's, it's so pretentious Lynch where, I, I don't know how much of this is from the book. I've never read the ridiculous books.
0: I don't, supposedly I don't really the new like movie, the of-
1: Supposedly the new movie takes, it, it better adapts the books, and I, I bought it on Blu-ray like last year, and it's sitting on my shelf to watch, and I don't know when I'm going to watch it, but it's there.
2: Yeah, the, the the new one it doesn't go as far as the first one in terms of the story. Um I think they didn't try to adapt the whole book. There's like another part coming later. Yeah, there is another part but, coming later. But uh I feel like that makes the, the new one better. I mean to get back to what we were saying earlier, I mean um the old one better. Because the new one it is kind of slow because they wanna adapt everything. Mm-hmm. They don't want to piss off the fans of the book. And so you got a lot of him training and you know, kinda of slow build to it. Whereas the old one is just kind of like, what the hell is happening? But at least it's kind of fun, like
1: watching it and just and it, it kind is of laughing. At, it like, is fun and cheesy to to be entertained by that old film. I mean, it's yeah. it's not a good film, but like it's still entertaining. To and me, like, it's like
2: the Ice Pirates, kind of where it's just like a weird Star Wars knockoff from the eighties, the or, or like <laughs> Earth Crash or whatever it's called, Star Crash, Star Crash. Those oh, that
1: that's a that's a that's a. Wonderfully great bad movie.
2: Yes. I mean, I can have fun with that kind of stuff. I'm not going to claim it's great, though. I mean, it has this pretentious Lynch stuff where it's like, the worm is life. The life is everything. And the worm is everything. You know, it, it's just like, okay, we fucking get it. The worms are important. Blah, blah, blah.
1: It, <laughs> but, but it goes but on John, and on like, the this, spice. like this
2: revelation. The about spice. The worm.
1: They talked about the spice a lot. I remember that. There's the, the inner spice. dialogue yeah. about the spice. The spice
2: yes. is life. And, you know, it's the just okay. like, okay, we get it. The spice <laughs> is everything. And and they have this weird religion with the women and the, uh, oh, my God, it's just weird. I, I mean, I just I don't, don't remember that I just part. Don't the story of Dune, no matter how many times you tell it, it's going to be weird to me. <laughs> I haven't seen the sci-fi channel version. Maybe it makes it all make sense, but it's just. It's just often some other world that I don't understand. <laughs> uh, anyway, th- th- and then there's other ones by him that I think are just totally pretentious and ridiculous, like Eraserhead. <laughs> you watch this thing, and it's like it's like some guy walking around in like an industrial city with like clanging noises, and then you'll have like a t- ten minute shot of him just sitting on a bed. With like the sound of his heater running and <laughs> you know, it's just like it's just like is this ever gonna end? Like when is something gonna happen? <laughs> and, and it's just so painful to watch. And it's like, oh, this is like his his indie beginnings, which show his brilliance. And it's just like, no, it's terrible. <laughs>
1: I, I I know of Eraserhead, but I have not seen it. So I I rather I rather watch a David Cronenberg film like Scanners oh, is enter- entertaining, and uh, Videodrome. Like I am Fly. I I love Videodrome more than I probably should. The Fly, Videodrome, these are
2: great. Yeah, he's 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 much better. <laughs> but um yeah. and then Blue Velvet, that's one that I've seen, and it's just kind of i not weird and uh, fucked up. I don't really know what else to say about it. It's just he includes all the strange sexual stuff. Um kind of reminds me of like Eyes Wide Shut by Kubrick, where it's just kinda of like, what are these Hollywood people into?
1: I've seen and... part of Eyes Wide Shut. Actually there was an uh, there was like what, a ten eighty like open mat version on, on my spleen that came out like yesterday or something. Oh really? And I did download that. I do want to watch that, so I'll probably check that out later. But well, Cooper Kubrick, well, Cooper like, guy. I don't know
2: with with the Eyes Wide Shut, is it like a Intended as like a criticism or a satire on like occult elites, or is it is is Kubrick one of them, and it's like a celebration of it, or I, I don't know, but it's a I, exactly, weird, exactly you don't know. movie,
1: yeah,
2: I I don't and I don't know what he's going for. I mean, he's some sort of genius, but he's he may also be crazy, you know. I mean, I've uh, always heard he's hard to work pretty for
1: crazy. I mean, I like to watch Full Metal Jacket again at some point.
2: Yeah. And then there's another one. Um, what is the one? Mulholland Drive. That's one by Lynch mm-hmm. that I just did not <laughs> understand at all. I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting trying to piece the pieces mm-hmm. together or whatever and figure it out. But, yeah, you know, it's just like, this stuff only makes sense in Lynch's head. And, and when it comes out, it's like a... It's just like weird, incoherent rambling that doesn't make mm-hmm. a story, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just... It's just, he's just a bizarre director. I don't know. I I imagine Twin Peaks is kind of the same way, but I've never seen it. Because, I mean, with a movie, you can kind of just sit down for a couple hours and watch it. But Twin Peaks is like, what, 30 episodes or 40 episodes? Or how long is this?
1: Uh, The original TV series is about 30. And then you got the movie, which I would say, if you watch those two. You're you're good, and in this mini series, it kind of continues where the TV series Cliffhanger was. It's 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 like I said, it's a slog. Like I'm just, oh man, it's. It, it, I don't know. I haven't seen a good high point of it. I mean, like, there's been some like parts in there. Where I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm interested. Go focus on that. Go focus on that, and then it just like leaves you hanging to focus on something else. And the main character, like, being a, zo- a zombie and, like, wandering into work. I can't... I don't want to go into too much detail. But, um... Uh... <clears throat> oh, man. Yeah, I always just hear about really
2: strange abstract scenes from it where, which are taking place in some other dimension or something or feature some weird stuff going on. It. And it's yeah. just sort of, like, it's so incoherent. I can't even remember what they say because it's it's just nonsense and it doesn't connect... Together, you know, it's just random shit happens or whatever.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, there's some stuff. I mean, there's
1: literally some stuff in in this miniseries that I'm thinking back now, and part of me thinks I I saw it when I was like half asleep or like I was I dreamed it up or something. But I'm like, no, I did see that. It just the scene kept dragging on and on, and it was just incredibly weird and awkward. But it was just also just just. Just bizarre. Period. Like I, that's all I can really describe it. So it, yeah, it's, yeah.
2: That's David Lynch. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, are we still talking about the Lupin films and Christmas stuff that you got? Because there's still like I was gonna rant about my Christmas. Okay, there's too there's too many Lupin films for me to go
2: into. I just wanted to mention this too with the gay characters, but they're all really fun. Um, and oh yeah, there's there's. A recent one that came out which was directed by Monkey Punch and that one was really different because it had a um, Mm -hmm. you know it's like more like the original Lupin style because Monkey Punch created Lupin Mm -hmm. so his face is more serious it looks much less like a you know cartoonish round kind of monkey face like Mm -hmm. he had in the uh, anime TV series and it just kind of looked wrong to me because I'm so used to the uh, anime version but I would like to check out the manga sometime and see what Lupin Mm -hmm. was originally like uh, you know, I'm sure that it's much more sexual and there's stuff they couldn't get into on most of the TV specials. But, um, or more violent, probably, too. I mean, uh, he kind of becomes a heroic character after a certain point rather than sort of a, you know, villainous, you know, sexually depraved thief or whatever he was originally de- designed as. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then the other thing that, this, that I got were, um, I finally completed these 15 inch Ultraman, um, vinyl figures. I got, uh, like years ago at the collector's marketplace, a Gamora, uh, and then recently I found on eBay and then on Bonanza a, a Red King and then a Balton. And, uh, Red King, he's a, you know, big dinosaur looking guy and Balton is kind of a lobster look to him. These are, um, from the 80s they're made by Bandai. I thought they'd go well with my Godzilla and Rodan and the Shogun Warriors. Um, and I've been looking at other Ultraman figures, but it seems to me like the good ones are made by Bandai and the the other ones that were made, they just look weird and cheap cuz they a lot of them are they have this like random rainbow paint on them and or they're just colored incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And I think those were made by Bullmark in the 60s. And apparently, some of them were made for Hawaii. I think they must have just colored them weirdly to appeal more to kids, catch their eyes or something. Mm-hmm. But they kind of just look cheap and stupid. Um, but these Bandai ones I really like. They look just like the monsters on the show. They're painted well and good vinyl material. Um, it's kind of hard vinyl, though, because like the Red King came with the tail detached because it shipped from Japan. And I had to try to pop it back in, and that took a long time. But, um, and then I've been watching some of the old Ultraman shows, and the, those are so much fun, just especially the ones from the 60s, the uh, ridiculous old wrestling moves they would do. So, Ultraman will just like tear off the frill from Gyrus, and then you'll be able to tell that he's a Godzilla. And then he'll just, uh, you know, get into the big uh, comedic wrestling match with Godzilla, and then he defeats him, and then he puts the frill back on him. To honor him <laughs> as a great fighter, I guess to avoid upsetting the kids who are fans of Godzilla. But I mean, just those early Ultraman's are just so hilarious to watch. It's a lot like other '60s shows like uh, Batman, where it's just like, who can hate this? It's just fun. Nice. And uh, and I I heard that there's a Ultraman movie coming out here in a few days. Um, that is written by Ono. It's the Shin Ultraman. And it's going to be like the successor to the Shin Godzilla movie that Ono did a few years back, mm-hmm. and they're they're going to do a Shin Kamen Rider later on, and that's going to be building into a sort of monster Japan monster hero universe or whatever, and they're going to crossover eventually.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I think that's pretty interesting that Ono has gone on from Ultraman to being able to do a essentially a Japanese MCU type of thing with all the most iconic characters that he grew up with that inspired him to create Ava, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that in a movie. Because you can definitely get the Ultraman influence between the Ava and Angel battles. Oh, absolutely, yeah. he, He was very much inspired by these giant monsters going on a rampage through the city and tearing off everything. and. It's just uh, you know I'm sure it was influential on all the kids who grew up with it at that time, but I mean that must be a dream come true for him and I and I hope he, I mean I I haven't heard of any problems with him lately like he used to have all these depression problems where it take forever for his movies to come out, I think mm-hmm. that was a problem during Godzilla but, you know I think with COVID especially he would have been real depressed and lonely but I haven't heard anything about Ono, like having delays with his movies due to depression so maybe he's doing better now and is just enjoying working on Ultraman at least I
1: hope so mm-hmm.
2: and probably probably by now he's working on Kamen Rider because if it's coming out here it probably came out in Japan last year
1: yeah that's true um, but
2: um, I guess that's all I have to say about my Christmas and um, if you have anything to say about Ultraman you can or just move on to your
1: Christmas I was gonna move on to my Christmas and how much it sucked.
2: Um, yeah, I heard that you had some tough times there with all the freezing and then what happened to your dash? And...
1: It, it was. It, it basically, I I, I kind of joke and laughed about it with one of the insurance guys. It was, you know, Christmas for us was hell froze over and came to my t- and came to my area. So we had this um, very freak uh, winter storm that came couple weeks ago during Christmas and the temps dropped down to literally the teens the wind chill was you know below zero on on some mornings and at night and because of that and how people in the south think it's never going to get that cold and not just my apartment community that I live and work at but a, a lot of other places around here had a lot of busted pipe issues and water flowing and, and water damage everywhere. So um, I heard some incredibly, like, I heard some horror stories, too. I'll get into that in a sec. But so it started Saturday when, you know, my parents and I, were, we went out to Waffle House, uh, um Cracker Barrel, and we got done. So I came home. And they were out doing something and then I heard, I was in my apartment and I heard like this main fire sprinkler sign go off and I was just like, Oh no, I hope it's not us. So I go outside and it's like one of the buildings next door to us. And I'm like, Oh crap. And then I just, I just see that one of the apartments on the top floor on the, like all this water was gushing on the outside patios, all three floors. And so. I'm running up there to see what's going on and I'm yelling at like the courtesy officer in the fire department to just shut off the fire sprinkler closet. Like to just shut off the water so we're not flooding apartments and everyone's just standing around like a bunch of idiots. So finally my dad like was running, came back because him and my mom were out doing something and they, and he got the call and he, you know, rushed back and ran through all these stop signs or whatever and thinking that, you know, the whole building's on fire or whatever. So we finally got the water stopped. And so basically to it started it basically was a a chain reaction of a turn of events that happened for the next couple of days. And um I'm just saying it so basically the outside storage closet within the wall of the apartment and the storage wall um it got so cold that it decided that it broke one of the pipe like basically cracked the pipes. And when it's a fire sprinkler, like, if there's any kind of, like, breakage or whatever in the pipe, the siren's going to go off because there's water pressure shooting out of that crack or whatever. Or it's supposed to be out of the um, the fire sprinkler head, which indicates there's a fire because something tripped it. Well, then in this case, it was the pipes that were cracked. Um, <clears throat> so, anyways, so we... Cut the water off and then we're, you know, going through apartment units and, you know, I'm trying to get people to move stuff out of like their garages and their closets and clear the area. And, um, <clears throat> <clears throat> so that was, that was three buildings that experienced water damage from that. So, um, we, and then we, of course, like we had a, a demo crew that comes in there that does a lot of renovations and he wasn't just doing our area, but like place, a lot of places in the entire town. And that Saturday, him and his workers were working like 20 hours on a Saturday. Like, it just, they were, they were just overly swamped. And from what I understood, when one of our uh, insurance guys came out there to take, um, you know, assess it and, you know, look at the damage or whatever, cause my boss was on the way to Raleigh for Christmas to go see his family that's up there. <clears throat> and he made it as far as Spartanburg, South Carolina, got the call and came back, which I'm glad he did. I didn't want him to come back, but. He did anyways, because it just got worse from there. And then later, once all that was done, <clears throat> I took a shower, and then I got a call when I got out of the shower saying that two more apartments had full water damage. And you go in there, and it looks like you can basically bring in, like, a, a canoe and start, like, kayaking across from one end of the apartment to the other. And that was based off of a water spigot line that busted because it, it froze all the way through. that You had to cut... We had to go into the other apartment because it affected two, or actually affected four apartment units. But two of them had a major water damage, <clears throat> and the other one we couldn't get a hold of the people, so we we're in there moving stuff in order to get it out of the way for the demo crew to come back and do the same stuff and ripping things out and and drying it as best as they could. And so then Sunday rolls around, and yeah, you know, that was like ten hours that Saturday doing all that stuff. And so we had to like, you know, I had to help help my dad that Saturday night cut he found which pipes had like you know weren't running water which they were frozen so we had to go through these um we had to basically make make access panels in these closets in order to get to the water line to cut it and then put a shark bite on it in order for it to not freeze and break <clears> that for the next couple of days <clears throat> so sunday rolls around sunday morning and my mom takes my dad to the hospital because he was pissing blood in in the bathroom and passed out. And I think it was due to the fact that um, <clears throat> he was so dehydrated from Saturday because we we're running around everywhere that that's probably what happened. So he was at the hospital and I'm having coffee like, you know, in my, in my apartment, you know, Sunday morning. And then I hear the sirens go off. And that's when my nerves were completely shot from Sunday until about Thursday <laughs> of just dealing with all this crap. So then I'm trying to go out there and then the fire sprinkler lines in the closet because I had the keys to open the closet door. Great. So I get out there and I just want to shut the water off. And I can't because it's chained. And I can't find the key to the lock. So then water is gushing out of these three apartment, another three more apartment buildings. So that's how the courtesy officer got there. <coughs> He was able to unlock the thing, and we shut the water off. And okay, thank God, my boss is there. And then we find out the same thing happened, where um the same thing happened where a water pipe busted again. But then this time it it broke in six different places. And so then we decided, so I decided to cut all the fire sprinkler closets off and through all the five buildings. So we had hired like an off We had to hire somebody that used to be a cop to do whole fire duty. And the fire department wanted to make a big stink. Like, well, if you cut that off, like, you know, like, you know, what's going to happen if there's a fire? I'm like, we're more worried about the fire, pipe breeze busting and more apartments being flooded and damaged and dealing with all this bullcrap than it is a fire. A fire is the last thing that's going to happen.
2: Yeah, in the middle of the winter when it's that cold. Yeah, exactly. Like, hard.
1: what is going to burn at, at 12 degrees temperature on Christmas Day? Like, you know, you know shut up, dude. Anyway, so We worked out a system. The the guy who was a demo guy, he came back there with his wife, and I'm helping them on Sunday, on Christmas Day. So we had somewhat of a Christmas later that day. My family and I did. And so that whole week was just a big thing. I had to drive out to Greenville to get pipe insulation and so we can try to insulate these um, fire sprinkler pipes. So then we had the fire Sprinkler Company come out Wednesday to do testing, so all four buildings were great, and then we got to the last one, which was the one that went off on uh, <clears throat> Sunday. <clears throat> and then we had a guy that was gonna that ran out there and said he had water coming out of his closet, and we're just like, oh great. So in this particular case, we inspected all the apartments that we had you know damaged before, and I noticed something when I had I had a camera to take photos of inside the, in between the walls through these access panels. So between. The pipe itself, and like where the pipe goes into the um this fire, this fire sprinkler head, literally two of these pipes and both ends of the apartment community had a chunk blown off. that was about a six inch gap. So I guess it's from the pressure. And when they when these fire sprinkler people turned on the system, that it caused enough pressure to to blow up the, the pipes at that particular area, which probably triggered it. But then also in return, it like literally shattered the entire pipe leading up to that. There's one pipe that we had that looked like it went through a cheese grater. It was just insane. And so I don't know if that happened like when they turned the pipes on Wednesday or was it like that while it was off. I don't know. So and then we had another guy that um, (coughs) that he left to go to Costa Rica and cut his heat off while he was gone. <clears throat> so in order to get to his leaky pipe, that water was was like going out of the side of his building all night, and making this giant sheet of ice on the in the freaking middle of the road because it was still it was freezing. That's how cold it was. That we had to like basically rip out his entire kitchen in order to get to this like copper pipe that had a gigantic gash in it. And when we walked in his apartment. I told my boss instantly, I'm like, dude, this guy cut his heat off before he left. It, it, feel how cold it is in here. There has been no heat in here. I can guarantee that. And then the resident admitted to it that he cut his heat off in order to save electricity by causing thousands of more do- dollars of damage into his apartment. And then he has the gall to complain about why it's taking so long to fix his apartment. And I'm like, you asshole. It's well, he just... probably didn't
2: know it was going to freeze. It didn't happen that much there, does
1: it? Yeah, because he was in Costa Rica. Like, oh, you know, I'm from Costa Rica. And the temperature is the same everywhere I go. Like, it's always hot, right? You know? like uh, He's an idiot. Anyways. But it, it's just... Anyways, yeah, I've been dealing with that. And and then, like, on top of that, so on top of that, like, I went to the, the Duke Mayo Bowl, the CNC State play. So I got to go to another football game with my nephew and my dad couldn't come because he was resting and wanted to be at, at the community in case something happened. My brother stayed behind. So, um, NC State lost that game, sadly. So it was like, great. On top of that, for this bad week, my, my favorite team loses another bowl game. I've been to three bowl games of the teams I pulled for. They lost. Now I'm like, why do I keep paying money to go to these things? Um, and then also on Saturday when I'm heading to Atlanta to, Go see some, um, friends of mine at a New Year's Eve party, um, near Jimmy Carter Boulevard or whatever. Uh, there was a road that was leading to between there and Old Norcross. And there was like a Mexican section, kind of like a Mexican strip, all these Mexican restaurants and stores or whatever. And when I got on there, traffic stopped. And then I realized, like, man, there's traffic is backed up for some reason. And it wasn't moving and people were turning around. I'm like, Oh, it might be an accident that's up ahead. Okay. Well, then I got into this strip area finally, and as I'm going, I'm noticing people running to where the accident is, and I'm just like, hmm. And then while I'm going along this strip that's parallel to the main road, I'm looking over to my left, and I'm seeing people huddled around in one group looking at something, and I don't see a car, and I was like, that's not a good sign. So then as I'm going around to the the other entrance of the shopping area and I'm getting looking right and I look left and I see clearly where the ambulances are and the two paramedics and there's clearly a body underneath a white blanket in the middle of the road. So somebody got hit and I don't know if the person who hit them stayed behind or drove off. I just know there was a body in the road. It was not moving. And there was a white tarp over it. And when there was a white tarp over it, to hide it from the public, that's not a good sign. So essentially, yeah. I did see a dead body New Year's Eve. I had a fantastic week, John. <laughs> not really. But... Yeah,
2: that that reminds me of something similar I happened to me a couple months ago. I, oh, wow. I was coming back to my mom from a Halloween party with some, uh, not Halloween, but Thanksgiving mm-hmm. with some uh, family friends. And then there was um, this situation where, you know, the traffic got real slow, and then we saw a fire engine go by, and then a cop car pulls up, like, across, yeah. from across the street right behind us and shuts off the street, and then it's going real slow, and then we drive by this destroyed motorcycle where somebody oh. had just gotten hit and died. Oh, wow. And it, it was just, like, all over the street everywhere, and people are driving slowly around it, and... Uh, You know, the worst part was there were these children that were riding their bicycles around in the middle of all this uh in the dark, like, after sunset. And it's just like, are, are you kids trying to get hit, too? Like, oh driving in the middle of an accident? I mean, riding your bikes in the middle of traffic during, at night when there's been an accident? And mm-hmm. I don't know if they just wanted to try to f- see the body or, like, they were just neighborhood kids that happened to be crossing but they're kinda of just riding right in between the cars in the middle of the lanes. And it's oh just my like gosh. what are you doing? Where are your parents?
1: Where are the parents?
2: <laughs> yeah. Ghost moment. Yeah. I I know Ghost said that like in San Antonio there are like children that will just come up to him when he's in his car and they'll try to sell him like a candied apple. And then he'll be like, Where are the parents?
1: <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to I mean, like I I'm better now. I think I've been better since last weekend and um yeah, this weekend, like I haven't <clears throat> between going to airsoft events, holidays holidays on a weekend and, and something going on, like I've been I haven't had really had a weekend to myself in probably two months. And like today I was just like I, I wanna, you know, This is the first Saturday of 2023. And I'm just like, I don't want to do anything on the Saturday. I mean, other than me ripping Black Lagoon. Like I was like, okay, I can do that. I mean, that's, cause I didn't sit down and watch it while I was being ripped. I went out and did errands. I went out and washed my car and from doing washing my car, now there's a lump on the side of the tire. So I need to go out and get a new tire from my car. Cause I had a Google, cause I went to the gas station to fill up my car and I noticed there was like this like bump or something. It looked like it was a hernia or something. And I'm thinking, what the heck is this? And so then I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, obviously that doesn't look good. And I Googled it and it was like, you know, if your inner tube has a leak, that air is going to go someplace and it's going to collect in an area and cause the tire to expand. Like it has a lump. And it's like, if you see that, you immediately get it to the tire shop. And I'm like, Okay, great. Well, the close well the closest one doesn't open until Monday, so I'll just have to take my car over there, and I've got a second vehicle I can drive and, and make it to church tomorrow. So then I'm like, okay, I'm fine. But I'm just like, great, and I got that going on. And but anyways, it's better to because I thought about getting two new tires when I get my taxes in. I'm like, well, I need to go ahead and get one now. Event like you know before this becomes an issue, because I don't want to wait. Until then, and you know, have my tire blowing on me while I'm driving my car. So, anyways, yeah, that was something else. I got I, I, you know, gave my car this nice, beautiful bath, had the tire clean, and then I look at this lump, and I'm like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> but it is what it is. So yeah, that was
2: a pretty cold holiday season for most places, but here in Arizona, it was 75. But um, <laughs> my mom had been in Texas a couple of days before um, to get. Stuff from uh, my aunt and uncle because they had been holding on to some stuff from my grandmother who died last year uh, that she wanted to give to us, and so we got a new TV from from that. And, oh yeah, um, some artwork that she had painted. And uh, but when my mom was there the last couple of days uh, before Christmas, it was like eighteen degrees in Austin, and I imagine they're having a lot of the same problems with stuff. Pipes freezing, from, the road freezing, from what I, all the dude, problems dude, that Texas
1: has when it gets cold. I the Power grid going down, all that stuff. But from what I understood, like my area is like the third highest in insurance claims due to water damage from Christmas. Like we're like the third highest in the nation. As wow! The way, because like we're we don't have poorly. Oh like I gotta tell you about this the other stories I heard because we don't we don't think about insulating pipes on the outside or up in the ceilings like we're supposed to so here's some of the horror stories I heard so the um <laughs> when the adjuster was out here that Saturday Christmas Eve from state farm um he got two phone calls while he was out here trying to take photos, talking to my boss. One of them was a pharmacy that they said like we have a bunch of water flowing out of our pharmacy, and another one was like this like hobby it's a place called the purple door and they apparently had like a bunch of water flowing out. So my dad was supposed to go get his tooth pulled from the dentist office, like Tuesday or Wednesday. And he shows up and he's seeing like all this water damage in the office and like the carpet's flooded, the ceiling's got water pouring out of it. And then they like, they talk in the receptionist it's like, Oh, they're like, well, we'll be open tomorrow. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and then I'm in Charlotte last, you know, last weekend for the Duke Mayo Bowl, and it's like you know, five o'clock or whatever. My nephew needed to go to Walmart to get a uh, phone charger to charge his iPhone, and I get a call from the dent in my oral office because I'm supposed. To, I've been working on getting a, a tooth implant for over a year, and I'm at like the last stages of it. And they're like, "Yeah, we well, you know you're supposed to come in like next week, but uh, we're gonna have to reschedule you." Um, and I said, uh, "Let me guess, a bunch of water pipes broke in your office, right? And you can't do anything." And they're like, yeah, we came in, you know, after Christmas or something. And it was like, we had a bunch of water, like, pouring out of the ceiling. All of our equipment is, like, got water damaged or destroyed or whatever. So, like, we're going to just, you know, push you to the end of the month. I said, that's okay. I know. I've been dealing with this since Christmas. I know exactly what's going on. Um, so the other horror stories I heard was, um, I mean, I heard this is going like through all of downtown. Like, I heard like the main shops in downtown. Everyone seemed like it had busted pipes, Um, which is wild. Anyways, so one thing was that my boss's country club his in his community. They had like seven thousand square feet of a bi- of a basement that's like a gathering area and also like a private bar for the residents that they use funds to support, which my boss was against. But anyways. They apparently came in there, and that entire area was underwater, and water was flowing out of the the bottom floor mm-hmm. doors, so that entire bar has to be scuttled. the whole bottom floor has to be scuttled and ripped up, and all that stuff. Not only that, there was a story of there was a, the hospital close by had flooding issues, but it wasn't due to the ice storm; it was due to a schizo that was in a psych ward. And his room, and he thought the sprinkler head was a camera spying on him, so he found whatever was in there, broke the sprinkler head off, flooded the entire psych ward, flooded the administrative office below him, and there thousands of dollars of computer equipment and all this grand, fancy, bougie stuff, and then also damaged the floor below them, that's the cancer treatment area with their millions of dollars of equipment.
2: Yeah, that's pretty incredible. I was saying on the chat when you mentioned it that it seems like something Mr. Freeze would do. To break out of Gotham? (laughs) Batman plot to get out of Arkham.
1: Arkham, yeah, excuse me, yeah. It's... The thing is with Mr. Freeze using that as as a way, he would freeze the pipes and then kind of like ride the ice coming out of his cell or something, like, because it would flow out. I don't know, man. I... You can work with a lot of flowing water that way. But, um... Again, that's just some of the horror stories I've heard over, like, the past... Like, since last week, over that. I'm just like... It's just like... It's like, it's like if you think it can't get any worse, oh, yes, it can. <laughs> so has it warmed up any since then? It has. Honestly, like... I've always wanted to, like, oh, yeah, I like to move up in the north. It's cold, blah, blah, blah. And after this, I'm like, no, F that. I'd rather either move to Florida or, no, forget Florida. I'll never live there. I'll just, I'll move to Texas. Where most yeah, the of the, 95% uh, of the too. seasons, 90, 90% of the seasons, it's either warm or hot.
2: Yeah, well, that's why I love Arizona, is because it, it, we, we don't get freezes here much. I mean, yeah. there were a few days late last year where it was you know it was like thirty one for an hour or two well, in the morning did you, you know, did y'all
1: get like snow in flagstaff or something
2: yeah but but that's standard i mean i live in the i live in the valley so it's not that way uh, but it, but there are mountain areas of Arizona where you can where you can get snowed on and stuff okay. and flagstaff and hmm. Prescott and stuff but okay. um but you know down here it's it's it, we really don't get snow at all i mean uh, there, there was hail though the other day, which was really surprising, but it was very brief.
1: Well, you get these like apocalyptic like sandstorms or whatever that like sweep. Oh yeah. Song. I'm like I'm like I don't know if I want to deal with a bunch of sand.
2: Yeah, I mean that's scary when it's happening. I mean one of those happened to it and, and like destroyed a gazebo in our yard, and it like left all this shattered glass everywhere and. Uh, you know, these tent poles that were holding it down and canvas that was all torn up. And it, it took a long time to clean all that up and get all these bent, metal rods out of there, clean up all the glass. And, you know, that, that was kind of like, that was the only thing that happened really. I mean, it's not like a roof tore off or anything in the house was damaged from the, mm-hmm. from the wind. It's just kind of like, you know, it's scary when it's happening and then it's over and then you just have to deal with the mess. Right. I mean, it, but at least you're not gonna like drown or something like if, if you live in like New Orleans and there's a hurricane. Yeah, you know, we don't really get that level of that, rain. That's why I was just like,
1: and... I had to stop myself from saying Florida because I'm like, wait, they're getting a lot more hurricanes now. I do I'm not dealing with that. No, exactly. The hurricanes are just no. the worst. Thing. No, I'm I, not. If Texas gets a hurricane, it's like basically like Brownsville, Corpus Christi, or Houston. Yeah, Houston can
2: get it pretty bad.
1: Houston is below seat level because they keep expanding. Um, Corpus Christi is apparently a dive. Yeah. I don't know, man. But like, all my family's in San Antonio, around San Antonio and that area. So it's like, okay, they're more inland. So they don't have to, it's not too bad. I mean, it's a flat area, kind of, but like, it's not too bad.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, there are parts of Texas that have other problems, like the northern part
1: of Texas, so you've got, like,
2: you know, Wichita Cities or something, mm-hmm. Wichita Falls, I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Like, that area is kind of like almost Oklahoma where there's a lot of tornadoes. But, um, mm. you know, that's that's another thing that's kind of like, I, I guess they have to have, like, a, a basement or something, and you you go down there all the time because mm-hmm. you don't want your upper floor to be destroyed while you're in it. <laughs>
1: Unless you have, like, an underground house, but then I hear, like, if you have an underground house, there's a whole lot of, like, structural issues, like, from that, too. Mm. I remember looking at that, but then somebody was like, I live in an underground house, and I hate it after, like, two months, because every time it rains, I have to deal with water damage, because water is coming naturally going to flow into my property. It's like, okay, if you live out in, you know, the you know, like where a bunch of tornadoes are and you have like, you know, you, you ran out of missile silo and turn it into apartments. That's actually pretty smart because the tornado can't, you know, take that out. You'll survive it. But, <clears throat> you know, like if you're like in a tropic area that gets a bunch of rain, that's kind of a stupid idea.
2: Yeah. Well, um, I know that a lot of these missile silos have been bought out by like, yeah, uh, you know, I guess you call them globalist elites. You know, the, the, there was like the Jesse Ventura conspiracy theory show uh, that yeah. used to be on TV, and he'd have on Alex Jones as a guest, and Alex would tell him about these various conspiracy theories, and Jesse would go out to these these bunkers that are like they're like entire cities down there that are built by uh, like Bill Gates and Soros and people like that, mm-hmm. and they've got like apartments down there for where they're going to live uh, after like the war in Ukraine goes nuclear or something like that. And, that, and they'll be able to survive down there and have like some sort of self-sufficient underground world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that these have been in, around for years down there where they're planning to live, although I don't know whether anyone actually lives in these things currently or whether any of these people would actually survive a nuclear war to go down there. But, I mean, it's just something they do because they have enough money to just do that,
1: you know? mm. Yeah, that would make sense.
2: But, you know, some of these people, these weird rich people, like Elon Musk, supposedly he lives in like this little, you know, one of those houses that you can buy that's called like a little house. It's only like 100 square feet or something. Oh, a tiny it's got, house? Like a kitchen, Tiny house, yeah. It's like a kitchen and a bathroom and a table and like that's it. And it's like why, if you were the richest man in the world, would you want to live in that?
1: Cause that's all he needs all I don't know, yeah he, he looks mean, at like I all these other rich people of... that are like i you know they they own a house that takes up the entire like state of like Connecticut, and he's like, nah, I don't really need that. I just need like a tiny house with like a handful of stuff. everything else yeah. I own is just at my office at the company I built. That's fine,
2: and I've heard he like sleeps in the office at Twitter. It's sometimes because he's like so obsessed with it. <laughs> he's totally into it. He's got like a hammock or something, and it's just like you're the richest man in the world. And you're sleeping in a hammock, and you're hey off.
1: hey hey <laughs> hey 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 hey. Don't knock hammocks. If it's a really comfy hammock or good hammock, I ain't gonna knock it. <laughs> I, that's my that's my argument. That's my defense there.
2: Yeah, and I will defend the the he. I mean, as chaotic as it's been. He has released a lot of great stuff in these Twitter files, which reveal all these dirty dealings of the previous ownership. And even if he's lost billions of dollars over this chaotic way he's handled Twitter, I mean, at least it was worth it for the rest of us to get to see about how the FBI was censoring people on Twitter and all this crazy stuff that was going on. Oh,
1: I mean, I don't doubt it, obviously. Yeah, I mean... No, I mean, t- I mean, and these same people, like now that Elon took over Twitter, like, oh, we got to go somewhere else where it's free speech, and what they mean by free speech is speech, it's it's controlled speech that's free for them to say what they want to. So they're just gonna migrate to these other like Mastodon and what other whatever else um, social networks, and they're like, oh, in case Twitter goes down, like, this is where you're gonna find me, and and I'm just like, you you're not gonna leave Twitter. And and like these people that set up these accounts, but yet they're still using Twitter, like, like in, in case Twitter goes nuclear. And I'm just like, honestly, like because of because of what's happened, the good side of it is that it's like okay, now it's like you know less regulated. I mean, what was it? Somebody decided to post up the whole entire movie Hackers on Twitter in like 29 parts or something like that. Something stupid. Or sixty-five parts, and I'm like, "This is this is great. This is like total anarchy." Huh. Well, I recorded that
2: on TCM last night, but I haven't watched it yet. But I just I know it's going to be a, like classic '90s. I, I really want to see that. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a it's a fun film.
2: But yeah, watching it on Twitter is probably not the best way to watch it. But at least it's there for people yeah. who can only watch. Well, it was there for the like internet.
1: it was there for like an hour, and it finally got taken down.
2: Uh, somebody DMCA it. Yeah,
1: it was just dumb. I mean, the the, the,
2: the the most fun part was this chaos involving the Twitter blue, where everybody was pretending to be corporations and just oh, like shit posting. Yeah. Oh, that was wonderful. And then people started paying to like get a blue check mark and call themselves Elon Musk. And then he was, like, banning them instantly. It's like, okay, you paid to get yourself banned. You really owned him by giving him money there. Uh,
1: like, yeah, who who really won? You gave him money to troll him, and he just banned you. It, you. it led to nothing. Like, you haven't accomplished anything other than giving him more money. Like, what was it? It was, like, when AOC got pissed at him. Where it was like, you know, about her getting, like, you know, her why she got to pay for her checkmark and freedom and speech, blah blah blah. And he's like, oh yeah, I totally agree. And he's like, yeah, and also pay me eight dollars.
2: <laughs> he's like, I appreciate
1: the feedback. Now give me eight dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <to get feedback." laughs> just... Oh, because he's like, no, nah, I'm not putting up with you bull crap. No, no, I don't um, care. But then he made some sort of compromise where now if you click on somebody who just have a blue checkmark
2: before Twitter blue. It'll give you, like, a notification. This account is a verified uh account that is legacy from before, and it uh-huh. may or may not actually be a notable person. I just kind of love that they have that there as a way to, like, cast shade on people who got verified before he came on. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you don't really matter that much you old verified people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Well... I'm getting pretty tired and we're at, we're two and a half hours into this thing and it's about, well, it's about, it's 30 minutes from 20. Oh, it's about 30 minutes from, two, from midnight before Toonami, which I'm just going to go pass out anyways. So, uh. Um, okay. Yeah. We
2: can call it quits here.
1: Yeah. So this has been a great 10th anniversary podcast. I, I want to do something really special and nothing ever came to fruition except for us to just talk about everything that we could think of for two and a half hours plus Christmas. Um, yeah. Man, we... We need to figure out, like, what we want to review eventually. We're, yeah. we're long for overdue my, for a review.
2: For For my closing remark, I'll just say, just remember Kanye tweeting out the uh, image of Elon Musk shirtless. Remember him tweeting out the... Swastika star David combo. I mean, that is what Twitter is now, is that kind of chaos. And even though he ended up getting himself banned, it's like, at least it was at least it was an interesting ride there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, for better or for worse, that's what it's going to be from now on. It's just that kind of mayhem, yeah. just like the same with the Speaker of the House situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, just sit back and enjoy the ride, and we'll see how these things develop.
1: <laughs> it, 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 it's, an, it's, like an, it's like trying to get... Trump back, but not really, not to that same level. Because I mean, honestly, and we we both agree and said it, like that that four years when Trump was in office was the most entertaining presidency ever. Like, oh, yeah. the, there was not a day that went by that was not boring under President Trump. Biden's in office, I, I couldn't care less. Like the the whole like House of, the whole representative thing of finding a speaker, like holy crap! I'm waking up like there's some drama going on. Heck yeah!
2: <laughs> yeah, No, we'll see if things get boring again or not, but I think things will be interesting. We'll see who gets the assignments on the speakerships and all these things and nice. Uh, you know, who who gets uh stabbed in the back after not voting for McCarthy early enough and you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of interesting stuff happening. We'll find out what Marjorie Green what crimes she's committed or <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But, uh, days of our representatives. A lot of stuff will be happening probably.
1: It's like days of our lives, but our, our represent, or like days of our house or something. I don't know. Make it, make it into a drama, <laughs> a, a soap opera. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's good bad stuff. <laughs> All you got to do is, you're a spectator. If you're not in personally involved into it, well, then don't fully worry about it. Just make your commentary about how the country's going to hell, which is what the other people have been saying this country's been going to hell, that you don't agree with. So at least there's something there that you both agree with, that, you know, this country's going to hell. You just, how you look at it is the difference, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at these polls where it's like, country going in right direction or wrong direction it'll be like 90% of people say wrong direction you know it'll be always some overwhelming amount I don't, I don't agree know on I mean why. for me it's but been going, the
1: wrong, it's been going the wrong direction since like the 60s so <laughs> if you look at it that way anyways so I think we're going to call it quits 2 hours and 30 minutes um before the music so we'll go ahead and end it thank you great 10 years I can't believe we've been doing this 10 years, pretty much almost consecutively. I mean, we've slacked the past few years, and that's sort of more on me. And But at least we're still doing it. So no one stopped us. We don't have like a bunch of people like, hey, congratulations. So we haven't really promoted that this is our 10th anniversary or anything. But, I mean, a lot of podcasts don't make it 10 years with the same name. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I wonder if our Geek Nights are still
1: out there doing their thing. Oh, you know what? Let's just do a quick... Let's just do a quick Geek Nights. You're going to check in uh, on Uh I'm on Geek Nights Archive. Uh What is this?
2: Are there any 2023 episodes?
1: Uh... Yeah, they're still doing stuff, it looks like. There's something about Microsoft Windows. Tonight on Geek Nights, we talk about everything's favorite operating system, Windows Microsoft. In the news, YouTube contracts NFL Sunday tickets. America is subsidizing a road at $1 billion per mile, and it's 2023. So, okay. That's unfortunate. Right. That's unfortunate that they're still around.
2: Our sister program from Toon Radio is still kicking.
1: Yeah. gummit.
2: But I bet the Notaku
1: Diaries is long dead. <laughs> well, because there are no more. Yeah. Oh, they'd like to talk about politics, too. Like, one episode of Zero Trust Security. Tonight on Geek Next, we discussed the concept of Zero Trust Security. It's a pain, it's not necessary in all environments, but it's something we should understand. In the news, a company is suing to pull profits over preventing harm to children. Disgraced former President Donald Trump has been referred for criminal prosecution over his coup attempt. Apple introduces advanced delta data protection and Google introduces client-side encryption to pay Gmail. Also shopping markets. I made it the last okay. part. Yeah, cause I think
2: it... we've checked in with Beat Knights as much as we need to. That's that
1: uh, we're not missing much. Nope. So All right. Okay,
2: we'll we'll leave it there then. See you
0: guys next time.
1: See you yeah. next time. Hey. Later. Hey. Hey.
0: Time, no matter what you say, ten long years is quite a price to pay. But we bring this proof to you to sky your future.